Welcome to Talking Jets. My name is Ryan, and I'll be your pilot tonight. I am joined alongside my co-pilots. I have Greenbean and hey. Matt O'Leary. Boys, how you doing, Greenbean? I'm going to kick it to you first. I'm shot out still, everybody, but it's a good shot out because I'm shot out because of all of you. We got together to see a fantastic episode in Jets history, so I'll take it. But I'm positive, tired, and in a good mood, Ryan. I love it. I love it. Matt, how are you holding right. up? I'm holding up just fine. Listen, it was a tough couple of days. Even Saturday and Sunday, it was I was done. I slept a lot, needed it. But it was an absolute blast hanging out with you guys uh, and everyone who came and watched. The numbers, I, I'm blown away by how many people came and hung out with us. It was truly humbling. Dude, I think we had something like 85,000 people over the course of That's like nuts. the three days. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> come on. Yeah. Dude, we had, nuts. it was so much fun. And I think my favorite part that I got to see, I'm, you guys got tagged in it too, but when people sent you like the like video, like pictures or like posts or whatever, and you see the draft up on their TV and you see the, the laptop with us on the yeah. side. And like, it just it's really yeah. cool that people wanted to hang out with us while we were, you know, seeing Jets history unfold. This was <clears> the best Jets draft. I think ever, and it's arguably one of the best drafts ever uh, from any team. The Jets were actually the first yeah. team to ever draft three players of above a 92 overall draft grade of any huh. team in the first round. <laughs> and wow. the Jets were able to do it. So it's a, a historical draft from a Jets perspective, but from a league perspective, it's been fantastic. I mean, every friggin' news outlet and and draft recap site is talking about how great the Jets did. We're not used to this. The media is usually like beating us down and like calling us names and everything. So I've been like listening to as much talk radio as possible because I'm amped up. I'm ready to go. I wish the season would start tomorrow. Yeah, I agree, man. Uh, you know what's funny? You're right. There, are, most of the news organizations are, uh, you know, just more positive than we're used to. But there are there are people out there. Uh, their PFF had a guy I saw talking about how the Jets uh, blew their chance at having a good draft with value because uh, we had two top ten picks and still needed to trade up. So it was a big negative from their perspective. And it's just like, yeah, okay, so getting, you know, J uh, Jermaine Johnson and Brees Hall, you know, was not as good as having two fifths. Is that what we're talking about? <laughs> it's so <laughs> stupid. I cool hate story. Oh, it drives me nuts. Who cares, man? The, and yeah. if Greenbean's saying it, the guy loves his dart throws in the, on day three. If you even have yeah. Greenbean saying, like, you got you traded up for Jermaine Johnson and Brees Hall, dude. Fucking kick rocks, man. I'm so it's just so annoying. It dude, is the whole quality over quantity. We, we've been going for the quantity for, a, for the last two years because you want to try and build out that depth. The Jets realized Joe Douglas realized Robert Sala realized it is absolutely time to surround Zach Wilson with talent. And what did he right. do? He went out and mm -hmm. got like four of the best players at their respective positions in the entire draft. This was absolutely yeah. a home run. Anyone that's saying anything otherwise can go pound sand, kick rocks, right. like Matt said. Kick rocks, um, pound sand, suck a lemon. <laughs> All that suck stuff. a lemon. I, don't, I never say suck a lemon. That's a good one. <laughs> I know. It's good. Because as soon as I say suck, I'm in trouble. 
That's it's like, uh-oh. I'm uh-oh. I don't even dance with that shit. <laughs> the, there was one that my uh, teacher in high school used to say all the time that I thought was tremendous. It was uh, take a long walk off a short pier. Yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> that's I a love great it. one. I got oh, that's one I got to throw into the rotation. Yeah. Uh, hey, did you guys hear about what Sa- uh, Sala said about Garrett Wilson? That they had him as their number one wide receiver and the only wide receiver that they would have taken at 10. Um, and if he wasn't there, if Atlanta took him, they were going right to Jermaine Johnson and the whole draft is completely different. Wow. Who do you, you think that? we trade up for then? I, I, you'd have to imagine we'd you know? try to move up for a guy, right? Or we Why? sit tight at 35 yeah, we or whatever picks tight. that would have been. Yeah, maybe we like, make the move for Brees. Maybe that's more of the, the jump up then. Maybe, maybe. But, you know, I was listening to Pat Kerwin, who you guys know. That's my, in my opinion, the top of the class as far as NFL shows go. Moving the chains. There's no show like it. They're the best. And uh, he was interviewing Joe Douglas uh, the other day. And uh, he asked Joe Douglas, like, so when did you decide, like, that it was realistic to go up and get Jermaine Johnson, he said that they were celebrating the pick of Garrett Wilson. You know, they're happy. They're making phone calls. They're doing the whole thing. He said, and about four picks later, Robert Sala nudged him and said, hey, Jermaine Johnson's still here. And he was like, really? Like, they just assumed he was going to go. They assumed that they lost him. And he said he called every team from 15 on, and nobody wanted to move back to 35. And he said, every time they said no, I said, this is it. This is where he's going. This is where he's going. He's, he, he did that for, for 11 picks. It's, ah, oh, shit, we lost him. This is it. And uh, so it just shows, like, if it wasn't Jermaine Johnson, a guy that they were going to take at 10, then we wouldn't have seen a trade-up. Most likely. Of course, it's possible. But most likely, uh, they wouldn't have traded up in that round because um, that was – it was the, the reason they did it was because their top edge rusher – made it there and that's what they maintain that he was their top edge rusher so, so imagine just that. how irritated you'd wind up being if like the jets ended up getting uh jermaine johnson at 10 and now you're thinking the run on receivers and now the run on receivers happens right after the jets pick and then the packers wind up trading in front of us at 35 to get christian watson now what are you sitting there at 35 now you're left without a receiver that's yeah. that's terrifying at that point Dude, I'm so glad Douglas knows more than yeah. we do because I, dude, I would have definitely waited on the receiver or at least traded up into the first. I probably would have traded up into the first once I saw the run on receivers. I think that was that would have been the, yeah. the trigger for me. I think. Well, I don't think Matt. Well, I'm going to look at the receivers. I, I don't know what Matt thought about all that, but I think that there were still a bunch of receivers in the second. I would have been ecstatic at having. Now, I do like Garrett Wilson better than those guys. And you guys know, we talked about that. He was, mm-hmm. you know, in my opinion, the guy, I mean, I really like Traylon Burks, but other mm-hmm. than that, like he was the guy that I thought if we did take a wide receiver, the guy I would want. So that's all well and good, but I would have been fine with, uh, I got to take a look and see who's there, but you're right. So let's say Christian Watson's gone. I'm mm-hmm. going to take a look at who was still There's- there. Pickens, maybe Pickens. I don't know when Pickens went, though. He went later than I thought he would. Yeah, he did. An injury, dude. Scary. Yeah, Yeah. but that's whatever team got him is getting like a steal in whatever round. If he stays healthy, if he stays healthy, yeah. You know, yeah, that's the thing. Like, can you believe? Let's just right. Let's take a, a, a little second here, though, and appreciate 
the risk that the Texans took with going for Derek Stingley over Sauce Gardner. Like, so they wanted the best cornerback in the league, in the draft, I'm sorry. And they went for Derek Stingley, dude, at three overall. If that guy has even a half, like if he misses four or five games, they're going to be under the fire. You know what I mean? Like, it's crazy. What That is a major risk, much bigger than a second-round wide receiver risk. You know what I mean? Well, especially if like sauce plays well, like, like every, most yeah. people would have taken sauce first. I don't, I think the Texans are probably like the team that would have taken Stingley yeah. ahead of them. Like it's, it's wacky. Um, Kev drops in with a super chat says placed my annual hundred dollar jets win the super bowl bet today. This could be the one 125 to one. My tax guy has started to to let me write them off as donations. <laughs> I love it. See? That's funny. It's always a work it's always a workaround. I'm fucking loud tonight. How uh, loud am I is my mic? Is am I really loud? Nah, you're I all right. I keep lowering it but I keep tacking out over here. I don't know what's yeah, going on. I can on. lower Sorry you on my end if you think if you think you're spiking. I can I can test, actually test. lower your mic on my end if you needed it. Uh Jersey Jets says, "What do you guys think we should do to address the safety and linebacker position? Go Jets." Um, uh, second round, I would, I would take the guy in the second <laughs> round. Yeah, maybe Jaquan Brisker. <laughs> that those those guys seem like we might want to go that route in the in the draft next year. Um, yeah, I don't know. I would. Uh, I'm not sure what they think. I, I really feel like they're kind of comfortable with our linebacker core, and I'm I'm not super thrilled with that. I do think Quan Alexander probably has a pretty good shot at getting signed by us. Um, we saw Honey Badger go to the Saints. So that's no longer a uh, a little dream that Jet fans have been having. Uh, I don't know, Matt. What would you uh, like to do with safety and linebacker? <laughs> yeah, I think um, at this point, Quan Alexander makes a ton of sense to bring in. He knows Salah, obviously, and um, you know, low risk potential, high reward there. At I, I don't know at at linebacker and safety, I think you're just going to have to hope to get more out of some of the guys that you had on this roster last year. Um, for instance, like Dean and Sherwood, uh, they didn't really do all that much as a rookie. They, they were hurt, to be fair. Um, and I think they're probably better suited for special teams, but maybe they have a bigger vision than we do for those guys. Green Bean, what about you? What do you like about linebacker and safety? How would you handle it? Yeah, I well, I like what Matt said. I think Quan Alexander makes a ton of sense. Now, interestingly, Today is the final day for the comp pick formula to matter. Anybody signed after today doesn't apply. Now, the sad part is we're negative two anyway. We're not going to get comp picks next year unless something really crazy happens, like uh, we cut two free agents that we signed, like hypothetically a Jacob Martin before the season starts. Then it can it can still work toward that. But uh, Still, I still think after May 3rd, we're going to see, which is today, we'll probably see some more free agent signings uh, because that whole thing. Now, I would love Quan Alexander, but I think Matt hit it. Um, it looks like the Jets really want to run it back with the guys that they have. They want to see what they can do. Now, they made the offense as lethal as they could make it in an offseason, in my opinion. I mean, you could have obviously mm -hmm. added uh, Tyree Kill or whoever, but they still did a great job with making it, um, you know, surrounding Zach with some real talent, man, and real protection and all that. So uh, I think the defense, they they definitely helped it. You know, they added an edge. They added a number one corner. They added DJ Reed, Jordan Whitehead. So there's a lot of, you know, there's an influx of new blood. 
But I think they they really just want to see what Sherwood, Nazarel Dean, Quincy Williams, they want to see what these guys have. And they're willing to let that roll, it looks like. Uh, Gary B drops in with a $10 super chat. He says, great job covering the draft. This was my second one with you guys. Thank you, Gary. It was a lot of fun. This one was a blast, especially like the first round. That was something special. I wish we had some more picks in (laughs) on day three, but man, it was it was a lot of fun. It really was. Yeah. Uh, Buffalo Jets fan was hanging out with us during the draft. He says, which revamped position group are you most pumped for? Also, congrats on 20K. Well deserved, gents. Thank you, brother. Much appreciated. We got to get you on here sometime. We'll we'll, we'll talk some Jets a little bit. Um, So let's see. Most revamped position that I'm excited about. Um, for me, I, hmm, I mean, it's, I really want to see the edge rush personally. Like I, it's been so long and I sort of look at the revamped position as in not just Jermaine Johnson and Clemens. I'm looking at it as Vinnie Curry and Carl Lawson as well. Cause we didn't get to see them last year. So those four guys are basically brand new additions to this team, along with all the other guys that we've added and, and kind of groomed along. So, uh, Greenbean, I want to toss this one over to you. Uh, what do you think? What's your favorite position group that you're looking forward to? Yeah, Edge, no doubt. Because let's not forget, we're going to get Carl Lawson back uh, in addition to bringing on Jermaine Johnson and Michael Clemens, who, by the way, I don't know how much time you've spent with Michael Clemens since day three, but if you've spent any time, I'm sure you're falling in love with him like I am. Uh, really I just good. love him. He's in a really rotational capacity. Dude, yeah. he's, a, he's insane. Like, he's a, he's just got such a nasty uh, way about him on the field. And I think, like, you know, I don't think we're looking at him to be the next John Abraham or anything, but I think he can be a really valuable piece. But then we also added uh, Jacob Martin. You know what I mean? We So we have all the four new guys. Vinnie Curry is back. So our edge rush, I mean, the only guys really coming back from the edge is, is Bryce Huff. Jabari Zuniga, mm-hmm. and uh, that's about it. I mean, everybody else is new, so I can't wait to see those guys. I, dude, I if they are effective, everything changes for this team. And mm-hmm. at least we put in some effort, and I'm excited about the edge rushers, man. Matt, what about you? What's your favorite revamped position? I'm going to go a different direction here, and I'm surprised that Green Bean didn't mention it, but tight end. I can't wait I to watch did. this tight end, tight end room in work, man. Talk about from like, I don't know, from the slums to Wall Street. They, they went from running out just, uh, what was it, Croft, Griffin, and Wesco last year, and now to yeah. Uzama, Conklin, and Rucker. The, the limitlessness at that position for Mike LaFleur. He can go nuts. And I think we saw earlier in the year last year, they really wanted to run more two tight end sets, but they couldn't because they didn't have the personnel for it. Now they do. Plus, all three of those guys could be, you know, like big slots if they really wanted to line them up outside a little bit more too. So I think LaFleur is going to go off with those three. Yeah, that's a good choice, Matt drops in says if you told me before the draft that any team would get the top five players that we got i would tell you that's 100 percent not possible almost a miracle yet yeah, we're still kind of flabbergasted by it i still can't believe that the jets were able to walk away with three of their top eight players in this draft 
Mumtaz drops in, says, only brutal negative assessment of the Jets draft I have seen is from Pro Football Focus. They said JJ is old, gen didn't generate enough pressures, and bad team should not spend premium pick on a running back. My own wish was linebacker over tight end. I saw this take. This was PFF George, I think, if I'm yeah. not mistaken. Well, and remember. The guy is completely off base. <laughs> Yeah, He's if totally. you used the PFF mock draft simulator and took Jermaine Johnson anywhere in the first round, you got a, a, a D. Yeah, they hate him. They hate him. It's just that simple. That that player to them, they don't like him over there at PFF. So anybody who got him, they're going to say that. Dude, they look at least they're consistent. You know what I mean? Like, uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. At least there's that. But uh, yeah, I mean, look, and that's up to us. Let's be let's be real, right? Like at least from my perspective here Jermaine Johnson was my number four and sometimes number five edge rusher out of the group out of the top group that said I and I and I maintained this I would be very happy with whoever they like out of that group for them I trust it and I'll go with it the fact that Jermaine Johnson you know Robert Sala feels like the defense was made for him uh, for Jermaine Johnson that is and that he's the perfect edge rusher for what he's trying to do so great, man. But, uh, you know, I had my reservations about Jermaine Johnson when comparing them to, you know, him to Aiden Hutchinson, Thibodeau, um, Karloftis, and even uh, even uh, uh, Walker, you know, who I wasn't as high on as the Jaguars, it seems. God bless you. <laughs> oh, they're blessing you. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, dude, it's, so. it's, they, they didn't like Jermaine Johnson. The age thing, I think, is is probably uh, a little overblown. T.J. Watt was the same age when he was drafted out of, uh, where was he? Was he Iowa? Where did T.J. go to school? I don't remember. Whatever. He was he was older when he was drafted as well. So I, I'm not concerned about that. The pressures, eh, maybe. Icky Aquanu said he was the best edge rusher he's ever gone against. I'll take it. <laughs> I'll take it. All right. Oh, uh, yeah. This guy seems yeah, to know his stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, look, I think the, the, the great thing about Jermaine Johnson, and this is when we did our little assessments and breakdowns and shared our thoughts and everything, one of the good things about him is his speed. He's already just very, very good against the run, and he has that really nice first step. And, you know, he's he has the moves, you know. Um, but the really good thing about him is that he's still considered very raw. Mm -hmm. You know, he's so Salah has a chance to mold this guy. Um, you see, it's like looking at his core, what he has. And Salah and the and crew think that they can make him theirs. And I think that goes a long way, too. Yeah, he's also he was considered one of the best well-rounded edge rushers, too, like at the top end of the draft. Like the guy has pass rush moves. He has the ability to to stop the run. So he's more than just the speed edge rusher. So I think that's something that that's valuable, especially opposite Carl Lawson. Uh, Don Tiki drops in and says, Brees and Michael Carter are the second coming of Thomas Jones and Leon Washington. Having real run game will help Zach so much. The Brees Hall pick, while we were very surprised by it, like I didn't think the Jets were going running back in the second round. I would have preferred them to go running back in like the third or fourth round, but getting the number one running back and helping your young quarterback and being able to run the offense you want to run is just so valuable because you saw them try to run the two tight end sets. You saw them try to run the ball early in the season last year and just didn't work. The offensive line hadn't gelled together. We didn't have the backs to really do it. Uh, and the tight ends weren't there to like kind of create that safety valve that a running back normally is in like a play action. So 
I really like it. I think you're going to get this like second and four, third and three type situation where we're going to have better downs and distances. And you're going to see Zach throw it over the top to Garrett Wilson on Elijah Moore. And it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Matt, how you feel about getting Brees and and uh, Michael Carter tandem? So you're saying they're not going to be third and 14 every every I series? I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> be brutal. Yeah, uh, we've seen too much of that in the uh, Adam Gase era and unfortunately with uh, last year's team a little bit. But I think they're going to be good, this combination, the one-two punch. Um I don't think it's going to be like a 50-50 split. I've seen some people say that it's going to be more of an even split, but I also don't think that Hall is going to be like this bell cow who has like, I don't know, 270 rushing attempts or something crazy. Um, Maybe like 60-40 is closer to the real number. I don't don't have a percentage, but the point is, uh, I think Brees gets a little bit more of the workload, but I still think they'll utilize um, Michael Carter, which is fine. He's probably better suited to be a 1B, which... I'm more than okay with, and uh, we know that they're going to want to run the ball and run out of the play action. So I, I think it's going to be a lot of fun on offense. Yeah, not to mention the whole Brees Hall being the bell cow in college. Him not having to be that will allow mm-hmm. him to stay healthier and stay fresher longer into the season and longer into games too. So I, I really like that aspect of it. Greenbean, how are you feeling about Brees and Michael Carter? Dude, here's what I'll say about these guys. Uh, I already love Michael Carter. Like, I love him. I don't know if you guys saw the video with him and CJ Uzoma today. It's funny. Michael Carter is just such a great dude to have around, in addition to being second on the missed tackles uh, thing. So he's good. I really do think, though, that Brees Hall is, you know, 10 years ago, he's a top 15 pick kind of guy. You know, he's he's that running back. He's the best running back in the class. And I think that we probably haven't had a running back of his true caliber maybe since Curtis Martin. Like, look, we did have Thomas Jones for a minute. We had uh, Chris Ivory for a minute. Obviously, LT is still LT, but he was in the last two years of his career. Uh, I really think uh, that Brees Hall has the potential to be the, the best running back since Curtis and uh, he's that pedigree. Now, who knows what will happen, of course, but that's the chance that we have with him. And, and Michael Carter coming around the mountain, you know, as this, you know, as the other guy, I think is going to be fantastic, especially in the passing game, man. We're going to eat teams up if this one clicks. So I heard a rumor, and I think I shared it with you guys. The Jets were attempting to move back up into the first round for Brees Hall. That's something we had heard prior it looks like they were trying to move up to pick number 28 with the Packers. They had offered pick 38 and the rest of their draft. So they had already moved up for Jermaine Johnson. So you're talking like 38, what was it, 101, 111, 117, and whatever the pick was that we gave up to go up from 38 to 36. So the Jets were really kind of going all in on these four players. And they got these top four players, and then you wind up having these like bonus picks almost. And you think... Jeremy Ruckert is like the fan pick. The fans really want him. You look at Max Mitchell, the offensive line pick. That's a Joe Douglas pick. And you look at the defensive line pick in Michael Clemens. That's Robert Sala pick. So it's like three bonus players after getting your top four players that you wanted to help this offense and help this defense. I think it's really, really cool if that's how it kind of like actually went on behind the scenes. Um, Do you guys have anything to say about that? It looked like Matt was like... Yeah, um, I... I think that's a really good point and kind of it goes against uh, our friend PFF George, who is like, I don't know, stockpile fifth round picks for forever and ever and just stink for eternity. 
Um, but like, that's the thing you can't, every single year we talk about draft assets and all that stuff and cap space, which matters, but you can't have these 11 people draft classes every single year. Eventually you have to cash in and start, you know, making plays for some more impact guys, which I mean, like the picks or not, all four of those guys are going to have impacts in year one. Jeremy Rucker probably isn't going to be a starter, but he's going to get some reps in year one. So yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I think it's worthwhile at this point where they are in their rebuilding process to start getting aggressive and getting some impact guys. Yeah, and you want to hear the funniest part about that? Just to dovetail mm-hmm. with Matt's comment, we had seven picks. Like, we still got, yeah, we had seven. Yeah. We, we, we still had, had seven draft. <laughs> yeah, we still had a full draft. What the hell is everybody talking about? Like, that's the thing, man. It's like, I really approved of what Joe Douglas has been doing the past couple of years, both on the teardown side and on the methodology about getting more young players in here so they can evaluate, you know, develop, fill roster spots, get these old hags off the off the roster, guys that are never going to amount to anything, you know, a la bless on Austin and those mm-hmm. types just get them off, bring in our own young guys, guys that we think have upside, even if they end up being depth guys or special teams guys, doesn't matter. There are guys. So they, they were, they've been doing that. And this year, and we talked about this before free agency, the idea was now that Joe Douglas has his coaching staff and a year under their belt, we might see a more aggressive Joe Douglas. And we saw that. We saw a guy that got four of his seven players pretty much first round picks. Why? What the hell? What's so bad about that? Oh, you'd rather have two fifths and three sevenths? Like, who gives a shit? Yeah. Jets NY says, I like the depth at the skill positions. As you know, we tend to have bad luck with the injuries, so having depth is paramount. Yeah, when I look across this team, and look, you don't want to have an ACL, you don't want to have an Achilles. Cause that just like rips apart a team. But if we have to have a guy miss two weeks, three weeks at almost any position, the jets are going to be all right. We'll be able to figure it out. We have enough depth at wide receiver. We have enough depth at tight end. We have the running backs. We have the, the offensive line right now. Now, defensively, you know, a cornerback goes down. You have your starters from last year <laughs> waiting in the wings. We're, we're all right. Matt, how do you like our our depth right now? I think it's significantly improved because like the last few years, really more specifically in 2020 and 2021, it felt like their entire team got hurt. And like they were throwing at guys we we haven't even heard of in the final weeks of the year. The Tariq Blacks of the world. Like where do they find these people? Um, but like they, they do have, you're right. They do have a lot more depth and I feel a lot more confident at edge, at wide receiver, at tight end, on the offensive line than I did last year or the year before. So that's definitely a plus. Cream Bean, what about you? How are you feeling about the depth on the Jets team? Yeah, I think it's it's significantly improved. You know, you know what I think sums it up in my brain is that the Jets feel like they're gonna compete this year. Like that's what that's what I'm seeing. Like we have a foundation. We have some potential star power in Sauce Gardner. You got Bree Saul, you got Zach Wilson, Garrett Wilson, Elijah Moore. Like these are potential stars. So we have some star power. We have some 
some frontline guys. And when you look behind the running backs, there's depth. You look behind the starting wide receivers, there's depth. You look behind the offensive line, there's depth. I'd, I still would have liked maybe another interior guy, uh, particularly center. I would feel better about that, but there's still depth, man. They have they have a few good or at least backup tackles. And then you look on the defensive line, there's depth. You look at the cornerbacks, there's depth. So, I mean, we can't fix everything, but I have to say the depth is significantly improved. Tight end, like all over the place. The only place I really feel worried is linebacker and maybe safety. You know, safety is another one. I'm not I'm not ecstatic. I would have liked to see us come out, uh, at least undrafted free agents. There were some that slipped all the way to un, and we didn't get one of them. So I was a little bit disappointed with that. But still, man, I think what we've done in the depth department has been significant and shouldn't be ignored. Travis says, it was my first draft watching you guys. Great job. Can't wait for the season to start. What number do you think Hall will wear since he was 28? Um, I would like to see him kind of stay in the 20s. I don't know what number that would be. Um, hmm. Who? He was what? Pick, what, what? He was picked 36. Maybe he picks 36 instead. I don't know. I don't know if he had any other number. I kind of reserved like the 30s for like a heavy setback, and he doesn't. Yeah, is that? It's gotta be. It's gotta be in the 20s. I feel like. I feel like running backs in the 30s. It, my, 32 is a different kind of number. 30, 32 still works. 32 is basically a 23. 31. <laughs> a, a once you get a 23. Yeah, once you get above like 34, I think is when you start to run into some issues. Um, I don't, and also like not to be the old guy yelling at the cloud, but I don't like the single digit numbers for uh, the running backs. I didn't realize that was a thing. Are they? We have some single digits. Well, we don't have. Well, single, you, I didn't realize single digits were running backs. Now, well, you could you could wear whatever number you want. There's no rules. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. thought they expanded it. I didn't realize it was anything. Oh, let's make a running back ninety nine. Yeah, yeah you, just like throw everyone off. That's like yeah. The only reason I don't love that is because it's nice kind of knowing the position groups while they're running around like like obviously you know an offensive lineman from a running back from a you know a wide receiver but i don't know there's there was something nice about it but i think i feel like the old guy yelling at a cloud yeah, right, right now <laughs> it's, it's goofy i gotta be able to change uh interesting greenbeat you got a number in mind for for Brees hall yeah 27 that's that was the number I was thinking of. Yeah, why not? You can't give away Daryl Roberts' number. No, no, <laughs> oh no. Mike drops in with a super That's sticker. So He's got a, a one, number one pointing up in the air. The foam finger. Thank you, Mike. Much appreciated. Uh, Mumtaz says, "Do you think we use Ruckert at fullback like Wesco?" I I don't know. I mean. I, I wouldn't hate it. I like getting your best players on the field. So if you have two tight ends in a heavy set and you want to throw Ruckert as like the fullback to throw a wrinkle in there so you have an extra receiving option instead of, you know, whoever we're going to use, I wouldn't hate it. It's just got to do well. Matt, what do you think? Yeah, um, the less Trayvon Wesco is on the field, the better. Um, so sure. Um, but like I don't know, I feel like the all re all of these tight ends are versatile, so they could use them in a, a few different ways. Grippy, what about you? How are you feeling about uh, Ruckert possibly playing fullback or something along those lines, like Wesco? Uh, I don't know. I I, I hope not. 
You know what I mean? I just want to see. Uh, I don't know. I, I I would rather not. I, I think Ruckert will do whatever you want him to do. I think he's one of those guys. Like, you'll never hear him complain about anything. So I think he'll try his best and, and uh, he'll work as hard as he can at it. But I would rather see Bauden. Like, if we're going to do a fullback thing, just put Bauden out there. Keep these guys. If you want to run a three tight end set, I'm all for that shit, man. Um, go do 23 personnel. Imagine that. Like, uh, Brees Hall and... Uh, Michael Carter with Ruckert, Uzoma, and Conklin out there. Just heavy set. Cool. Dude, saying, stop us, nickel corners. Let's go. Like, we are coming at you. Let's they would be it. motivated to put their linebackers in, and then there's mismatches all, all, all over the field. Because we're running over their defensive backs, then they want to put their linebackers in, now they can't cover anybody. And that's the way it goes. Guys, we got it. over 400 people in here we only got a hundred some odd likes hit the like button if you enjoyed the talking jets panel if you like the draft coverage and you want to hang out with us a little bit more i absolutely love it and if you want to get yourself some cool swag over on jetstalk.com i got some sauce and eh, we got some big apple sauce or big apple sauce that's big fire apple sauce. we got a yeah, wide so receiver good. covered in sauce <laughs> And then the, the sauce stamp with the bottom of the sauce can. So you go and check that out. Going to be a limited time drop, so make sure you get it now before they're gone. Uh, next up, Lima Bean Yo. says, Potential playmakers are better than low, middle round linebacker that will be gone in three years. Let's not complain about not drafting uh, safety, defensive tackle, and linebacker for a change. Yeah, that's kind of what we were saying earlier in the draft or earlier in this in this stream. We were talking about how we're getting ripped apart for trading away two fifth round picks. Get the hell out of here. The Jets absolutely got the best players on the board. You can't stash all these guys. It's absolutely the right move, and you're helping your quarterback right now. I'll take four quality players over, you know, an extra two guys that might be on special teams, and we might say, oh, that's that guy. Um, Greenbean, how you feeling about, right. uh, you know, ignoring the safety defensive tackle and linebacker position? Yeah. I mean, look, I, I, I am, I do have a significant piece of me that wants that stuff. Like, could we have gotten Brees Hall and not given away the fifth round pick? I still play with that stuff in my mind, but mm -hmm. the, uh, the truth is, man, is that even though Joe Douglas is fairly, you know, adept at utilizing those late round picks so far. Uh, I still think we had an opportunity to get the, – the two trade-ups are very specific. Jermaine Johnson was considered by most to be a top 10 pick, okay? Uh, top 15, you know, was was not even realistic on most people's boards. Like, you know what I mean? It was like, okay, maybe he makes it past the top 10. He made it to the mid-20s, actually the late 20s. So trading up to get a top 10 player there and sacrificing a fifth – Makes no sense. I mean, I'll make, uh, makes sense. <laughs> There's no bones about it. Okay. Then the second thing is like, you're talking about the best running back in the class for what a fifth round pick. So you gave up your second and a fifth and you got the best running back over the fourth round running back, maybe a Tyler or, you know, a, a Algier or whoever else. Dude, there, there's a different class of running back, and, and Brees Hall's at the top. So, no, I have no problem. And that's a, from a guy like O'Leary said before, I love late-round picks. Mm -hmm. I love that whole mindset, like trying to find the gems. I sincerely love that. But, dude, we wanted, you know, top-flight players, top-tier, 
and essentially we got four first round picks and I couldn't I cannot have any issue with that I just I can't find it in myself Matt talk to me how you feeling about missing out on those middle round players I'm upset that we couldn't load up on the Jonathan Marshalls of the world um yeah. anytime you could round out your roster with your 97th defensive tackle you just got to do it I mean come on like it's just it, it drives me nuts and the thing too like on day two all three of us I think we're saying linebacker and safety like all right that makes sense but if you're gonna go off the board to help your young quarterback with running back one and tight end two from this class you're not going to get a complaint out of me. Like they're trying to make life easy for Zach. I'm not going to sit here and complain about it. Taps any button says having two running backs that can run block catch plus tight ends that can catch block will be <clears throat> deceiving for defenses. It'll be hard to know what we are doing. Yes. I'm a big fan of the versatility aspect of the game. It's something that you try to do when you're, you know, managing an operation. You try to get guys that can flex into cashier versus, you know, a, a card attendant versus, you know, a driving range guy, golf stuff um, for me. But like, yeah, you try to find guys that are, are universal, that you can flex to different positions. It helps your operation out. It helps everyone know more about the operation and you kind of spread that knowledge across everyone. Not to mention it leaves the defense guessing all the time. That was one reason why I did really like Jamal Adams was because you didn't know if he was going to blitz. You didn't know if he was going to drop back. He could play a bunch of different positions. And having that, even if it's a fraction of a second, that the quarterback has to delay his throw or think about something extra, or on the offensive side, the quarterback gets to you know, have that extra second because the defense doesn't know what's coming, it's absolutely enormous. I've said it before, when you get pressure on the quarterback... This was a stat from, God, this got to be like five, six years ago now. Um, when you have pressure on the quarterback, you drop from a Big Ben type of passer rating down to a Blaine Gabbert. Like, that's the difference you get with pressure. That's huge. So if you can generate pressure on the quarterback or if you can yeah. give it a little bit more time by having those versatile tight ends, those versatile running backs, that is all part of the game plan, and it's it's absolutely huge in the grand scheme of things when you're talking about competition at the top end uh, of the NFL. Matt, how you liking our versatility here? I love it. I think this offense has the potential to be extremely versatile. Um, and on a week-to-week -week basis, they could change things up on how they want to do things. Like, for example, they don't have to um, just sit there and go, all right, we're going to run the ball down to your throat. That's the only way we can win. No, like if your run defense sucks, then we have Bryce Hall and Michael Carter, and we're going to run down your throat. If Brees. for whatever reason, Bryce. So I'm going to do that dude, a million I've been times. Doing that to, dude, I've yeah. been doing it. Richie did it yesterday when I was talking to him. It was, it's yeah. Fun. Yeah, it's it, that's going to happen a million more times. <laughs> Uh, but then, like, let's say your safety stink. All right, well, Garrett Wilson and uh, Elijah Moore, their speed is going to beat you. So they have so many ways that they could attack. I'm, I'm super, super excited to see how they do it. Green Bean, what about you? How are you liking this versatility? I hate it. I want guys, <laughs> they do one thing. I only want guys, they do one thing, and when you need to do another thing, you get rid of those guys and you bring in guys that do the other thing. You know, it's funny. This is, you guys know, I'm a perpetual uh, LaMichael Pirine guy, right? So mm -hmm. one of the things that added to him uh, having the rookie year that he had, which was still good, by the way, but they, uh, did you know that they ran the ball in the 90% when he came on the field 
they all, they were 90% likely to give him the ball when you look at his whole thing. Suck sucks because he's got great hands too. But when you have running backs on the field, particularly running backs that can protect, like can legitimately pass block, can legitimately catch, like be a threat in the passing game, and can can run the ball well, defenses don't know how to how to uh, adapt when those players are on the field. If you can leave them on the field, what is the term? Three down back, a guy that can run it, or he's he's a part of the offense no matter what. That's the, the, the days of lore. You know what I mean? Like back in my day, that's what running backs <laughs> did. They were on the field, and you never knew what they were going to do. That adds such a, a, a dimension to your offense that's so important that we forget that, man. Like having running backs that can do it all changes everything. Having two running backs that can do it all is even that much better. And and I think uh, it, it keeps defenses enough on their heels that Zach is going to be the beneficiary, and that's really the most important thing, man. My favorite part about the versatility aspect is the defense not knowing what's coming. And one thing that we saw Zach Wilson seem to do really well was the hurry up. If you run up to the line and yep. now you have the option to run, you have the option to pass, you have the option to you know maybe throw a screen pass because you have all that versatility – defenses don't know what to do. So if you get a matchup you like, you just keep pushing the ball down the field. Like just run up to the line of scrimmage, take your time. You once you're up to the line of scrimmage, they're set. You figure it out after that. And you move guys around and you figure out what the what the defense is playing, are they playing zone, are they playing man? And then you start diagnosing everything, and I really like that. It's almost in a in a smaller context uh like this is why the running quarterback, the mobile quarterback has taken off so much. It's because it's giving defenses so much more to think about. They saw the weapon that Michael Vick was. They saw the weapon that was RG3. And now basically every quarterback that comes into the league is going to be a threat with their legs for the most part. You don't see too many statues back there anymore at this point. Uh, Gabe drops in and says, which wide receiver this season will have the most receptions and yards? My pick is the Rook, Garrett Wilson. I like the sound of Wilson to Wilson. Great job as always. I'm going to go with a curveball here. I'm going to say our number one wide receiver uh, from a reception standpoint, is going to be our slot receiver, Braxton Berrios. Not from a yards perspective, but I think he'll have the most catches. I think that's going to be. A, I think there's going to be a dynamic there in play. Matt, huh. I want to hear from you. Crowder was our, our our favorite the last three years. Uh yeah, but I don't. I don't. That's interesting. Okay. Right. Okay. I had to. You, you caught me <laughs> off guard. I had to think about that for a second. All right. Uh, that's not the direction I'm going to go. Uh, I'm going to say it's close. I think the top three of Elijah Moore, Garrett Wilson, and Corey Davis are all going to be pretty close, but I'll give the slight edge to Elijah Moore. I think that makes sense. Greenbean, what about you? Where do you think, uh, who, who's the leader in the clubhouse? I just want to say that Brandon McNeely, how dare you call the Michael P. Ryan Burger King fries? I am not going to accept that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. That's for all you draft day three right? people in the chat. You guys understand that one. Oh, God, I still have heartburn from Wait, that. What did Matt say? It was so funny. He said, uh, like, I won't stand for this. Or some, oh, I, will not dude, stand I, I got for berated. I got berated yeah, about my take. I, hey, look, I was a big McDonald's you? fries guy for the longest time. Look, I still like a McDonald's fry. I, I like the thick fry of a Burger King, though. I yeah. Know. I can't hey, start this. I'll get people leaving. You? 
<laughs> did anybody bother you on Monday night on your stream about the Burger King fries at all? I not that I noticed. I was doing all the phone oh. calls, so I wasn't. I, I was paying attention to the chat, but not like as closely yeah. as I should have. None of the callers gave me over. shit for it, at least. I sent them over on my podcast. As you should have. I said, it's very important that we go over to Ryan's stream tonight and you tell this son of a bitch about Burger King fries. <laughs> I think the pizza one is really the worst of them all. That, that drives me bonkers. Dude, I, I look, if you had to have, you 500 people in the chat, if you had to have express pizza, I'm not talking about like good pizza. I'm talking about like, hey, like, I'm up at like eight o'clock, eight o'clock. God, I sound old now. I'm up at like midnight and I got to get food. What's your go-to pizza? I understand people going Domino's. I like Cinestics. I like cheesy bread. I don't like Cinestics since they changed the Cinestics. The old Cinestics were better than the new ones. But dude, it? I love me some stuffed crust. I, I'll take Pizza Hut pizza over Domino's like and Papa John's wow. and dude all day. You won't get me no, off the stuffed crust that. train. You do know that Domino's revamped their whole system. They have a never frozen crust now. You know what I mean? They they changed. Yeah, it. Look, you got to try I, it. I, look, I order Domino's way more than I ever get Pizza Hut. There's no Pizza Hut around, which clearly tells me I'm wrong <laughs> on this whole yeah. subject matter. But from myself, I love stuffed crust, and I wish Domino's did a stuffed crust. If Domino's did a stuffed crust, dude. I when I eat Domino's, my body hates me the next day like just yeah. absolutely hates me 1998 called they want their fast food pack oh shut up <laughs> <laughs> hey do you guys are you guys old enough to remember what pizza hut really is do you remember they they had to change they used to be a sit down pizza restaurant yeah that's how that's i what remember they were. It. you would now go in it's there, all, you now you go in and it's all boxes yeah. to the freaking ceiling it's all like the, the only one I go to now is when I go that's to the PGA right. show like, in January. Yeah, well, that's just it. When I go down to the PGA <laughs> show, there's one like a mile down the road. So I walk my ass all the way down to the to the Pizza Hut with my buddy and we get our food. And it's literally boxes to the ceiling and a bunch of tables that are like kind of there just because they already paid for them and they don't want to get rid of them. But like, yeah, there's no waitress. There's no salad bar anymore. I remember what it used to be. Domino's got on board and did the the delivery app thing. And they were always the delivery thing anyway, because it, it used to be, what was it, 30 minutes or less for the longest time? That's where that whole thing started. Whatever. You guys can berate me all you want, you jerks. Still wrong. Lit oh, wait, hold on. Wait, who said that? I want Little Caesars if I'm eating garbage. Knobcraft, you're a horrible person. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm sorry. No, that's, no that's way, dude. Good. Little Caesars is awful. Uh, I do love the commercials from when I was a little kid. Pizza, pizza. Pizza, <laughs> pizza. Just, pizza, pizza. All right. Gabe Baylor says, which why? Oops, sorry. I am totally off we did that one. here. We did that one already. Uh, Mike drops in, says, I think we trying to put Niseraldine at the safety spot. He played well at FSU. That's interesting. I kind of considered him more the Will linebacker because that was just sort of where we started him last year. But with LaMarcus Joyner back and with, uh, Whitehead, maybe he starts learning a little bit from those guys. He takes a few reps there. I think he's still probably going to play that linebacker spot with Sherwood. But Matt, what do you think about possibly having Nasiraldine back there at safety? I think it's worth a look. Um, I honestly I liked him as a prospect more than I liked Jamie and Sherwood. 
um, who they they obviously took Nazrul Dean later. But I'm curious to see if they would try him. At, they seem like dead set on having those guys move to linebacker, but it might be worth a shot. John says, call me crazy, assuming Zach Wilson delivers, I think the Jets can legit contend for the playoffs considering how strong the AFC West and North are. They got to play each other two times. This is interesting because I wasn't really considering uh, any type of like playoff run at all. Um, so Greenbean, let me let me loop you in into John's super chat here. He says, call me crazy, assuming Zach Wilson delivers. I think Jets can legitimately contend for the playoffs considering how strong the AFC West is. They got to play each other two times. So he's implying that the, the, the AFC West is going to beat each other up so much, almost like the NFC West. But like the NFC West still had the... I think the Cardinals made it into the playoffs, the 49ers and the Rams. So you still had three teams make it in. And I, I'm hard-pressed to believe that the Chargers, the Chiefs, and one of the Raiders and Broncos, like, I, I think they're going to get three in. I really do. So that leaves one extra wild-card spot. And then you got the whole cluster of, you know, the Ravens, the Browns, uh the Steelers and the Bengals. And I don't expect the Steelers to be anything big, but like, I would like to just see us be competitive. Um, but if Zach Wilson steps up and he becomes, you know, maybe Josh Allen year two, where it's like, okay, you know, the team's around him. It's good enough. He's doing enough. You know, maybe they can sneak into the playoffs. I would just want to see in the hunt. Give me in the hunt in December. Yes. I'm a happy Jeff fan. I think that means we're, we're moving in the right direction. So Matt, I'll throw it to you first. Uh, what do you think? Jets could contend for a playoff spot if Zach Wilson shows out? Um, that would be very surprising just because of how good the AFC is. But I still think there is no reason to believe that this team can't hang around 500. That's all I'm asking for. Like eight, nine wins, somewhere around there. I'd be more than thrilled. If they get up to 10, maybe they're in the conversation, but... The AFC West and AFC North is extremely, extremely competitive. The AFC South, I think, is going to take a step back. Um, and obviously the East, you have Buffalo, who's just a juggernaut. But um, it's going to be really tough to be one of the top seven teams in the AFC. But I think there's you know, no reason that they can't be right around 500. So I got I to gotta say Knob Crafts <laughs> super chat real quick. He goes, I'm very much a horrible person, but, I, but you have... <laughs> But you, but have you had pizza in Alabama? It makes Caesars looks like ambrosia. Um, oh no! I'm so sorry. Anyone that lives in the South and has to eat pizza down there, I really feel bad for you. And you don't have bagels, dude. That's the best part of New York, New Jersey. But yeah. what I found out being weird is uh, when I went to school up in Binghamton, there's a bagel place. And my brother came up to visit one time, and he goes, "Hey, I'd like to have Taylor ham." And they're like, "Excuse me?" And he goes, "Oh, I mean pork roll." And he's like. They're like, what are you talking about? He's like, uh, circle ham. <laughs> He's like, I don't know. I was like, Kevin, just order a sausage, like egg and cheese. He's just like, I'm totally perplexed. The tri-state area has the best bread. I'm like across the board. Yeah. Bagels, pizza. No so Knobcraft, I appreciate you having to eat the express pizza. You're still wrong on the Little Caesars though. Uh, Greenbean, I want to hear yeah. your thoughts on uh, Zach Wilson delivering. Are we competing for a playoff spot? Oh, yeah. Like, if look, if Zach Wilson is, like, if he takes a legitimate jump, right? Like, let's pretend for a minute that he doesn't have the drop passes that he had last year. 
He doesn't have the start of the season where he's the most sacked, most hurried, most pressured quarterback. Um, he knows the offense, all that kind of stuff. He doesn't, you know, guys aren't dropping his passes into the other team's hands, all that shit. Let's say that that happens and he has a 68% completion percentage. Mm -hmm. If he does that, I think that we are competing for playoffs. Now, will we make it? I don't know. Like Matt said, we're going to float around 500 with that. If Zach Wilson does that, I think that we're we're in it. You know what I mean? Again, we're young. Who knows if we'll be able to finish games and all that kind of stuff. There's still a lot of that stuff that we're going to have to go through. But, man, if Zach takes that step, I think that I think that we have the potential to be really lit, man. Like, we have some yep. weapons. The first time in a long time, we have legitimate weapons. The only question mark on our offense right now is Zach Wilson. That's how exciting this is. Like the, like the Jets, <laughs> right. if if the quarterback's the only thing, think about how many question marks. Is Denzel Mims, Mims going to be good? What's going to happen at the tackle position? What's going to happen with running back? Is Michael Carter going to be good? Who knows? Like right now, I feel confident saying Zach Wilson is the missing piece to this offense and the rest of the thing is going to figure itself out. Mumtaz drops in, says Salah and the Jets genuinely love Jermaine Johnson and gave these reasons. Most pro-ready three-point stance, elite edge setter, and run stopper, solid measurables, production, motor, and something about wide nine that I don't understand. Um, I I have heard just as much from all the people that are talking about the, the Jets draft in general. The fact that they came up and got Jermaine Johnson, who a lot of people considered to be the most pro-ready edge rusher, and have... Uh, the most upside because think about it he had the least amount of coaching of all these guys he went to a juco school he went to georgia for one year he went to fsu for one year everyone else at the top end of this draft went to elite programs for three years and had elite coaching for three years jermaine johnson has a hey. heck of a lot of upside did you hear what he said so joe douglas in that interview let me know if my internet's bad i'm going in and out so if you need to no you're good wherever. Okay, Joe Douglas said in the Pat Kerwin injury um, uh, <laughs> interview that uh, <laughs> I know uh, that um, one of the things that they liked about Jermaine Johnson was uh, they were asking him where he acquired certain moves because Georgia didn't really teach that and this and that and the same thing with Florida State and he said that he realized early on that they weren't going to teach him except what they wanted him to do and he wanted to expand his repertoire. And he literally learned a whole bunch of his pass rush moves from YouTube. I love so it. They were, isn't that the I best? I love it. So that's Douglas how all of us said, like, shit. Yeah, that's right. It's how I fix my car. I'm like, all right, what's wrong? Let me fucking go on YouTube and yeah. figure this out. <laughs> Dude, I, ha I had a girl yeah. my senior year of high school. No. And I remember, no, well, it's great because I'm sitting there in class and, like, I'm, you know, whatever. And she's like, she didn't know how to pump gas and like we lived in new york so it was just like you know you some people would drive across the border into jersey and they'd pump your own gas because jersey you're not allowed to pump your own gas but like she didn't know how to do it so she's like i went on youtube and learned how to pump my own gas and i was like that's brilliant that's really good but this is like 15 years ago now or like 13 years ago whenever i graduated high school and i was like it still sticks with me. Like, I remember the girl exactly. And I remember the conversation. It's like, wow, it's amazing how much I use YouTube for like everything. Anytime I look up a product review, I look up, you know, any kind of news source, 
YouTube's the first search engine I go to. I don't know how you guys. Yeah. That's well, I would hope so. Yeah. Well, we're all YouTubers, so I would hope that we're That's... using the platform to its fullest <laughs> yeah, potential. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was a really dumb statement that I just made. I, I live hear on from YouTube. You, Matt. Ah, dude, I spend way too much time. Matt, I want to yeah. hear your thoughts on Jermaine Johnson and the reason the Jets wound up taking him. Because they took Sauce Gardner first. No. Um, but like it, it <laughs> does make like <laughs> realistically though, it does make sense. I think he's gonna come in and be steady in year one. I don't expect him to be like a defensive rookie of the year or anything like that, but I think he's going to be a solid plus starter in year one, which you'll take that before this year, their edge really left a lot to be desired. They had Franklin Myers playing outside, which just really wasn't his best. Like he's really better suited inside. So Mm -hmm. I'm excited to watch them get to work. Ablab yeah. drops in with a super chat. It says, hey, fellas, what's your thoughts on Zach's potential? Can we say he is realistically on a higher tier than Mac Jones, a tier below Justin Herbert? Skill-wise, where is he? Seems like he is the only question mark. Wow! Ablab <laughs> sent this in a while ago, and I've, I'm, I don't know if I saw it out of the corner of my eye and I just piggybacked on it. But yeah, Zach Wilson is the only question mark on our offense right now. And I've said this before. I really trust in Zach Wilson. I've had people ask me like off camera and they're like, hey, what do you think of him? Like, do you really believe in him? And like, I have battles with one of my coworkers. This is one guy, Charlie, that works with me. And he's not super confident in in Zach Wilson because he was at the home opener and he saw all the interceptions. I was like, dude, uh, I'm telling you, look at the athletic profile. Look at the wow factor that he had in some of his games. Look at the learning curve that you got to see at little points later in the year, you saw him rush to the line of scrimmage to get guys offside. You ru- saw him to rush to the line of scrimmage to get too many men on the field. You saw him use the hard count. You saw him use uh, opportunities where he threw the ball to the running back. It bounced off of him because he was facing the wrong way and he got an interception. The next time that opportunity happened, he ran with it and he slid. He learns from his mistakes. And when you look at Mac Jones, Mac Jones was the most pro-ready quarterback last year. And he went to the best situation. Mm-hmm. New England had a great roster and they were getting like 12 guys back from the COVID list. So they got a ton of talent back. When you look at Mac Jones moving forward, he can't play in cold weather. He doesn't to, for me, he does not have the upside. When you look at Zach Wilson, he may bust. I completely understand that, but he has the athletic upside of an Aaron Rodgers, of a Patrick Mahomes to be an elite quarterback in this class. Like, I think he can be a top five quarterback if he hits his potential. Will he hit it? I don't know. But if we can get somewhere along the lines of 3,800 to 4,200 yards from him this year, this is going to be an absolutely great season for him. And if you can get like 20 touchdowns to like 10 interceptions, that would put him along like the top 16 or so quarterbacks in the NFL. So Matt, talk to me. How do you feel about Zach Wilson's potential this year? Well, did you see him today? Did you see the pictures of him? I did. He, does he, does he, he still have the mullet? Looks, he's got the mullet. No, but he's wearing a backwards hat. And oh, he I looks, love it. He looks built. It looks like he's put on some muscle. I'll show it to the cam so you guys can. Uh, there you go. Look at that. Looks look like at he's put on legs, some muscle. Look at his arms. Dude, dude's look looking good. Yeah. He's looking good, feeling good. I, I, I think your numbers were. You missed it. Yeah, yeah. I was, <laughs> I was on the chat. Like I'm behind. It's. I want to see. Let me show you again. He, he looks. He looks good. He looks like he's put on some yeah. muscle and some weight. Look at that. That's pretty good size. Yeah, that's right. 
That's our and, boy. Uh, I think if you're in that, like, obviously you want him to jump all the way up to number one, but like, let's try to be semi-realistic expectations here. If he could make a year two leap that puts him at somewhere around the middle of the pack of quarterbacks, I think that mm-hmm. is a home run for a year two step. And then obviously build on that, but he has that potential with this roster around him to be a middle of the pack quarterback, which is, I mean, he was a bottom five quarterback last year. So that would be a really big improvement. Creamy, what about you? How are you feeling about Zach Wilson's potential? Yeah, I think he's got all the potential in the world. And, uh, you know, and evidenced by the end of the season last year. Like, he he got less weapons that last chunk of the year, that last six or seven mm-hmm. games. His weapons were being taken from him. His offensive line was getting weaker other than LDT for Greg Van Roten. Guys were falling around him uh, constantly, and he actually improved. And he looked calm. He looked collected. He looked organized. And, and he was effective, you know? I mean, he wasn't... You know, we weren't talking about 400 yard games or anything, but he looked calm. He took away the turnovers 100%, you know, down, you know, from 14 in the first half of the season or whatever it was, or 11 to none or one in the past six games. And that's all I need, bro. You know, just keep surrounding him. You know, we, it's like, just let him, you know, let him settle in with his new guys. He's, you know, he's proven the work ethic thing. Like everybody loves him. Let's just watch what he does this year. I think his potential is through the roof. Disregard Papa says, if Zach steps up the way Josh stepped up in his second year and our main draft picks play how they are expected to play and minimal injuries, we can be a scary team. Yeah, you look at how we handled the Buccaneers, and we were not a full complement of weapons or anything like that. The New York Jets are going to be able to surprise some people if we just stay healthy. And Zach Wilson starts to at least continue on the trend that he had at the end of last year. Very, very huge opportunity for the New York Jets. Greenbean, you think the Jets could be scary this year? Yes, I think we can be very scary. And let me tell you this. If we are scary, it's actually going to be scary because nobody's going to know what hit them. Like, we all of a sudden have these running backs and these tight ends that are laying your your linebackers out and this guard that's pulling and crushing your fucking cornerbacks and then Wilson and Elijah Moore taking the top off your defense and then Mims comes out and he's all pissed off and foaming at the mouth because nobody respects him anymore. And Becton is stepping on your edge rusher's chest. That's what's going to be happening. Our defense is in trouble, though. We got to get get better there. Matt, you think we could take a step up from Zach Wilson? Well, yeah, I, I do. And you know what? To build a green bean, just gave the best pump up speech of all time. I'm ready to run through a wall right now. Yeah. It sounded like I was talking to my myself though. So thank you, Matt. Nothing I happened love it. after it. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I love it. Um, the, I think the jets can play the role of the team that people don't want to play. Like mm-hmm. not that they're going to be this you know, playoff team that's going to go on a deep run. But like I said earlier, I think they'll hover around 500. I think they'll be in these games. I think they'll be competitive. And some weeks their inexperience and youth will, you know, play a role and they'll lose a tight one, I don't know, 24 20 or something like that. But mm-hmm. I think they're going to be a pain in the ass for some of these AFC teams. That's exactly the, the, the perfect way that I want to have a season. Like I, I would love to like, you know, go win every game, but just being that team that other teams don't want to play, there is something to like hang your hat on for that. 
And every now and then we get a Jets team that's kind of like it and they start getting sneaky good. And then you wind up having a situation like 2015 where you almost get into the playoffs. So, dude, I I don't think it's absolutely crazy at all. Shavanchu says constantly drafting defensive tackle and safety is like Burger King fries. W Thank take. you for that. <laughs> Thank w you take. for that, Lima Bean. Uh Jake says, I want watchable games. Not being so depressing. I feel sick watching the second half. AFC is tough right now. I want, uh, all I want to see is progress. Playoffs coming. Yeah, dude, that's just it. Like, I can't tell you, I mean, really since 2019 when Sam got mono, the second, like after we had that amazing opening day against Buffalo and things fell apart and, and all that sort of stuff, we missed all the kicks. Since that point, it has felt like we have just given up on the season every season after the home opener. Last year was just such a kick in the pants. We were all there at the home opener, and it just like, I want to be excited week in and week out. I want to know I have a chance to see a victory. That's why I want to go to games. I don't want to just, you know, turn on the TV late November, early December, and say, all right, this is great. I can't wait to, like make a video that no one's going to watch because yeah, our team right. is awful. Like, oh, it's brutal. Matt, what would your ideal situation be? Like, where do you, is it like middle of the pack, like eight and eight, nine, or uh, eight and nine, nine and eight kind of thing? It's 17 and oh, baby. Let's go. No, <laughs> like, yeah, eight, eight or nine wins, I think is like a pretty nice and reasonable benchmark to clear. If they're over that mark, that. Phenomenal gravy. If they are seven and 10 and like, I don't know, Wilson looks good and they just lose some games because they don't have linebacker or safety depth. Then I say, okay, I live with that. But if they are seven and 10 with a top 10 defense and their offense is like 29th, then I'm probably upset. Creamy. What about you? What's your, what's your benchmark for like a good season? Uh, my floor is seven. You know what I mean? Like now, if I'm being real honest, I don't, I don't want that to be it, but like, honestly, man, like if we get up to seven wins and we're, we're competitive and like, you know, our weapons are looking like they're real weapons, but we can't close it out because we're too young and we make mistakes and stupid shit like that. Like I would be happy. Like I, I need to see <clears throat> progress. Like that's really where I am. I know that I'll be arguing with Jets fans all year if that, if that happens like that, but I think seven is my floor, but I think that nine is a realistic uh, hope. You know, I think seven to nine is, is where I'm really looking at. I'm right there with you guys. Seven is the, is the floor I would like to see. If you go eight wins, that's at least like a, uh, a double up of two years in a row. We went from two wins yeah. to four wins. And then we can go to eight wins and then we're going to go 16 and we're going to go 16 and one. And everyone else go kick rocks. Uh, we got, the Jet Show coming in says CJ Mosley is going to have a huge season. I really hope so. And I think there's a, a part of me that believes that it's not an age thing or like a he sat out kind of a thing. I think for me, CJ is really good still. And not having the corners, not having the safeties, not having the defensive linemen in front of him hurt him. Just think about what happened yeah. after uh, the Ravens wound up bringing in uh oh god who is the beefy guy they had at the the center of that defense for the longest time Haloti Nada uh, Haloti Nada once they brought him in dude oh. the linebackers ran yeah. wild 
So I think with the edge presence, with Quinn Williams, with John Franklin Myers on the inside, with the additions in the secondary in DJ Reed, Sauce Gardner, and uh, Whitehead, and the coming back of LaMarcus Joyner, I do think C.J. Mosley is poised for a better season than last year, and I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, Greg drops in with a super chat. Greg says, if you could make, uh, if you could make to my first home game with my dad, which game do you think we have the best odds for a win from Long Island living in Tennessee? So I actually don't know. Do we know what the home games are and what the away games are? And we just don't know the schedule yet. Is that what it is? Or do we just only know our opponents? I can give you their whole. I can give you who they'll play at home. Uh, right, let, let's talk oh, non-division some, home games. Okay, you got uh, Baltimore and Cincinnati, which is going to be very tough. Yep. Jack Jacksonville, Detroit, Chicago. Those are three winnable games. Wow, those would be the three games. I hope we get one of those. I hope it's Jacksonville for our home opener, and we just beat the yeah. piss out of Trevor. Lewis. Right. Give us yeah. a good oh, home opener. Let's Dude, that, go. You know, I let's want a fluff game. Yeah. Come on. Like, I don't know when you were in high school and you, you played some, you know, cupcake team for homecoming. Hell yeah. I that's, was that's that exactly team. <laughs> our our <laughs> team, Matt, that was my team. Like we were the cupcakes. <laughs> I hated it, but that's what we were. We sucked. So yeah, Greg, I think we're based on what Matt just rattled off. If you can get one of Chicago or uh, Jacksonville and what was the other one, Matt? Chicago, Jacksonville, Detroit. 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 If yeah. you get any one of those three games, that would be a hell of a lot of fun to go to. Uh, that being said, if you go to a division rival game, like those are a lot of fun. Like a Patriot game is always fun, but you want, if you're traveling, you would like to see a win, hopefully. Um, a division rival win is really cool, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, Al Toon drops in and says, I've seen many promising seasons ruined by lame play calling. LaFleur has to deliver. I will say this. I think LaFleur is the best offensive coordinator we have had since John Morton, and John Morton only lasted a year here. And I think one year of Mike LaFleur being in the play-calling realm and his growth that's going to be able to happen because of the players that we drafted is going to put us in an advantageous situation. And I have all the confidence in the world in this GM, in this scouting department, in this head coach, and in his coordinators. I really think we hit a home run with our staff right now. Greenbean, talk to me. You think LaFleur delivers? I do. I think LaFleur, like the 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 most interesting aspect of this for me was while we were ripping LaFleur's head off the first quarter of the season, five games, he was trying to install a 12 personnel and even 22 personnel. He tried to have two tight ends and two running backs he was using fullbacks you know uh, sorry wesco as a fullback and all that and he and he it just couldn't work our our you know our players at those positions weren't as good as the wide receivers so we saw him mid-season actually change in many respects the entire offense and we saw it start to pick up and we saw it get creative we saw lots of behind the line stuff we saw the hook and ladder and we saw two backup quarterbacks uh, thrive, which really shows you that Zach Wilson being a rookie is, you know, he's being a rookie, you know, so that's a real obstacle to overcome. And I think LaFleur showed more than enough to have 
confidence that we could see a really fun offense. Look what they did this offseason, man. They gave him another a, a number one running back, two very, very competent tight ends, a third-round tight end who's also very competent. We saw him bring over one of his former offensive linemen. We saw Garrett Wilson. Like, they gave LaFleur his entire wish list. If he had a wish list, this was it. We gave it to him. So I think he's now got the horses to run his offense. And like we said earlier, if Zach takes that step up, and I think he's going to, LaFleur is going to be a hero here. And uh, the only thing we'll be hearing is that LaFleur is going to go get a head coaching job. So we suck. That's how it's, <laughs> that, that's how Jets yes. fans are going to spin yes. it. <laughs> Dude, as yes. much as it sucks to have to worry about that, I would love to have to worry about that. Matt, yeah, your me thoughts too. on LaFleur? Uh, I think he's the most creative Jets play caller that I've seen. Um, now, he's got to prove it still. Like He had a really nice second half of the year last year, but uh, the potential with him is sky high. And, man, did anyone do a 180 quicker than him? Like People wanted him gone in week four, and then he's the best thing to ever happen by the end of the year. He goes up to the yeah. booth, and he comes <clears throat> Mike LaBooth. That's right. I love it. LaBooth. Uh, well, you know what's interesting, though, about that? Let's say LaFleur uh, has just the best season and he goes and gets a, and a, a head coaching job. We probably bump Ron Middleton up to mm-hmm. offensive coordinator, which could lead us, because Ron Middleton's got head coach all over him, whether it's mm-hmm. in two years or five years, he does. He has head coach all over him. And so if he goes up to offensive coordinator and somebody does hire him as a head coach we get two third round picks so there you go guys you know what i mean look at the bright side man look at the bright side jets fans i'm hoping if lafleur does well enough where zach wilson is playing really well and our offense looks great i would hope they would try to make him the assistant head coach and he'd want to stay for at least an extra season until he found like almost like a mcdaniels where it was like okay let me pick the right team to go to. He wound up going to, you know, the Broncos. He came back. He wound up going to the Colts and not going to the Colts. And then he wound up going to the Raiders because he felt it was the right, you know, the right time to make the move. Um, yeah, dude, I, I would love to have a problem with the Jets offensive coordinator being hired as a head coach because we don't normally have those kinds of problems. Uh, Kyle Ormsby yeah. drops in and says, only three months till preseason. It feels like the season should be here right now. <laughs> I want to start playing games next week. Uh, Thomas drops in and says, Hello, gentlemen. JD is the man. What do you think about having Eccles as a backup corner after Sauce and Reed and moving Bryce to safety? I've had a few people reach out to me and ask me about the whole Bryce uh, Hall being a safety thing. And I think the way the Jets' defense should operate is the same way the Jets' offensive line should operate. Get your best playmakers on the field that can make the best plays on the ball. If that's Bryce Hall moving to safety, which I don't necessarily necessarily believe is is the case, I'm totally for it. I, I'm 100% on board with getting your best athletes on the field. Greenbean, what do you think about Hall possibly moving to safety? Um, I don't know. I've never seen Bryce Hall as a safety, so I, I don't know what to think about it, but... I will say Bryce Hall is known as a guy that will do whatever you want him to do. Like he's the consummate team guy, so he'll do it. And he's also uber talented, so I think he could really thrive in that role. Like as a free safety, I think Bryce Hall could really do some nice things. Uh, That said, 
I don't know if that would be the first move I'd I'd make. I'd I'd probably take a swing at Pinnock back there. Hall's a very, very good cornerback, man. He's actually um, you know, I know some people are a little bit down on him. I don't know why. Just, you know, he didn't come down with picks, but he, you know, he had 16 passes defensed. I think he was like second in the NFL or something like that last year. So I don't really know um why we want to move him, but uh, if we did, I know he would at least he wouldn't gripe about it. He wouldn't bitch and complain, which is a positive. I, I'm telling you, Bryce Hall's a a good a good teammate, and uh, I think he'd do it. But I, I don't I don't know if that's what we're gonna see. Jet King drops in says Zach was coming on post injury, not worried about him one bit. Go Jets, uh, Matt. Nice. What do you think about Zach Wilson post injury versus pre injury? Much more uh, confident, I would say. And uh, the turnover numbers were way down, which is a major, major positive. But his touchdown numbers have to go up still at that point. Um, but he, there's the talent level around him is significantly higher. So I'm confident that he's able to do it this year. But uh, overall, I think he was just much more, I don't know, aware, pocket presence better. Uh, and he knew where he was going with the football. Famous Jay says, I have not felt this good about the Jets since 2010. I never pick losses. Loses? I never pick lose. I can't do losses and loses. I always screw that up. Uh, let's go. <laughs> 17-0, J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. Famous Jay, I'm right there with you. We're going 17-0 until we lose a the game, then we're going 16-1. Johnny Depp dropping in from his, uh, what has he got, a case going on with... Uh, misheard over there saying i don't know how you guys feel about chris sims but he continues to say he believes in zach i hold his opinion high i also had new tight end i also had new tight end ranked number one if we can establish the run game with Brees, play off that then we'll be good yeah i really like chris sims i like the way he breaks down players it makes me feel good that he had zach wilson number one i like that he had tyler or uh, Jeremy Ruckert, number one. I like the way he spoke about the edge rushers and all the other players that he had on his podcast. I thoroughly encourage anyone who has not listened to it to to go over and listen to his breakdowns. The guy is a pretty knowledgeable dude, and he gives his reasoning as to why he doesn't like players. It's not just like, oh, it's the attitude of Kayvon Thibodeau. It's no. There's like, he had six guys listed ahead of Kayvon Thibodeau. But the fact that he believes in Zach Wilson and you see the potential upside, like Jet fans see it the rest of the nfl is gonna see it green bean i want to talk to you how do you feel about chris sims overall on his rankings you take it seriously i do i mean i don't know how great he is at you know all the other positions like like we need data like you know it, mm -hmm. you know it's we're gonna find out more as it goes on the one thing i can say about him is just like you were saying it, it's not just he's not like just some talking head host he's not just blurting out mm -hmm. shit you know for clicks and all that now whether some of that is motivated by attention i you know i don't know i can't i can't say one way or the other but he's definitely a guy who puts his work in and and you can respect his his point of view because he tells you where it comes from he's not just saying shit uh so i i do respect chris sims do i agree all the time no um and you know how how long I've been a professional in this, in this industry. So, you know, it's like, you know, all these, all us professionals don't have to agree all the time. You see, They call me a golf pro because I make money and I run a golf course, but I am not PGA certified, <laughs> but I'm technically a golf <laughs> pro. 
uh, we could we could be experienced in this. We're in the industry. Matt, how you feeling about yeah. Zach Wilson and Chris Sims and his opinions? Um, Chris Sims is like I <coughs> I like Sorry. him for the most part, but I don't think we should take his opinions as the Bible. Like so many people are like, oh well, Chris Sims said X, Y, and Z. Okay, okay, that's fine. But what do you think about it? Like, do you, why? Why is I don't know whoever who do you have Nick Benito at his edge one or whatever the hell like he had a crazy no, he had edge five edge class. he okay. had edge five it was it was um his edge class was how was it Walker or Hutch I think it was Hutch Walker Johnson or Walker Hutch Johnson and then it was Carl Loftus Benito Zach Pascal and then Thibodeau yeah like. I don't know. I think some of his things he's pretty spot on with, but other times I don't agree. I, like anyone, I feel like, I don't know. Sometimes I agree with you. Sometimes I don't. He's fine. If you like Zach Wilson, he's okay with me. I like him. Uh, 1189 hmm. Paris says, what ranking does the Jets defense need to be this year? Do you still have a lot of work to do? Or, uh, do the Jets still have a lot of work to do for them to be a defense like Buffalo? I think if the offense can score points and put us in front of teams, that will help your defense. It's almost the same way as a defense that can't get off the field and they wind up hurting themselves because they're constantly on the field and your offense can't get the ball to score. If we are able to generate pressure on the quarterback and you can possibly create turnovers because of that pressure, whether it's by way of strip sack, by sack, by turnovers on downs, or by interception because of the pressure that's put on the quarterback then I think Zach's going to have more opportunities and you're going to see more games won. So I don't think it has to be a top-level defense, but I think if we are in the positive and turnover differential, the Jets are going to be looking really, really nice. Greenbean, what are your thoughts on the Jets' defense? Uh, it's going to be interesting because, uh, number one, we did address some of the key stuff, like namely edge and cornerback. You know, Now, cornerback, I didn't think needed the addressing. And you know, we talked about this quite mm -hmm. a bit uh, before the draft, but we addressed it nonetheless, right? So we we got an $11 million cornerback from Seattle, and we went with the fourth overall pick in uh, Sauce Gardner. So we added guys, and I, like I'm having a conversation in the chat with Joe Campione and a few others about like, so Hall or someone has to be moved to safety because we have too many cornerbacks. And I don't think that's necessarily true. I mean, we're seeing a lot more dime packages. We're seeing four and five cornerbacks on the field uh, at the same time. And a lot of times we we assume that that's going to mean more safeties, but there could be a single high safety and four cornerbacks out there. I mean, they, you can see that with two linebackers. And don't forget, Salah's base defense is considered to be the 4-2-5, not a 4-3-4, four, four, you know? So if he's a 4-2-5 limiting the linebacker, it actually makes a bunch of sense to have more cornerbacks. Now, it's not the way I think, right? But I'm not running this defense. So if he wants to have four down linemen, natural edge, I'm sorry, natural pass rush with just the four down linemen, he wants to have two linebackers and um, four cornerbacks and two safeties, if they are, are one safety, I mean, uh, then uh, then what we've done is, is very smart. You know, adding Sauce Gardner and DJ Reed to Eccles and Michael Carter or Hall and Eccles or, or however it works out, it's actually really smart. And then you have... If somebody does get hurt, which if we've paid attention to with the Jets any, for any period of time over the past decade, 
we have injuries. So, you know, uh, having a little bit of depth isn't necessarily a bad thing around here. So I think it's smart. Um, but the defense in, as a whole was 32nd in the league, man. Um, we brought in the cornerbacks. We brought in a couple safeties. And we fixed the edge. I, I think we're going to be improved because not only that, this is their second year in the system. You know, so now we're not thinking. Now we can play uh, as opposed to trying to figure out where you're supposed to be and all that. I think we're going to definitely improve. I would love to see a middle-of-the-pack defense, you know, 15 to 20. I think that would be fantastic um, with some, you know, some legitimate pressure. Like being known as a team that pressures the quarterback above all else would be the best thing that I think we could come up with this year. Red John drops in and says, are there any good free agents the Jets could add? Quan Alexander seems to be the, the popular one for a lot of people. So I'll, that's kind of yeah. where I'll go on that one. Uh, Gerard drops in and says, who are the best running backs uh, double act in the league? How do you think Carter and Hall can compare? All right, so best tandems. I think the, the Broncos had a really good one last year. I don't know if Melvin Ingram wound up going back to the Broncos, but they were pretty impressive. Um, trying to run through my list in my head right now. The Packers uh, have a good running back room. Yeah, they had uh, Jones. Who was their other back? Dylan. Dylan. That's right. AJ Dylan. Um, I don't know. I Look, it's got to be towards the top, I would think. Hopefully, I mean ideally. Creamy and any any duos in the uh, the running yeah, the game Colts. around the league. Colts, Jonathan Colts. Taylor Colts. and Mac. Was that what it was? Yeah, Browns. No, it was. Um, oh, yeah, um, Hunt. How did I forget Hines. about that? Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So yeah, there's a couple. There, there's some. There's some good running back tenure. Who's uh? Who's the other guy in Dallas? Wasn't there a, a number two that would? Yeah, that's Pollard. Pollard. Pollard and Zeke. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Pollard's better than Zeke right now. That's the issue they're running into. He's his contract. Zeke's contract is way outweighing the uh, the performance. Yeah, that's um, what happens. Pay yeah. somebody too much, it it weighs them down. It weighs them down. They get slower. Oh, it's gonna happen. Gonna happen, dude. I hope we're at, towards the top of the list. Uh, Jets NY says, "I want to be. I want to be in it from September to December." Yep. Yeah, dude, if we can wind up seeing that little in the hunt logo, I just want to see the logo in like week 14, 15, 16, somewhere in there. Like, hey, there's this outside shot. If every team in the NFL loses the rest of their games and the Jets win the rest of their games, okay, we're in it. I don't want to be like, hey, we have a top 10 pick just two games into the season. So Jets NY right there with you. Thomas M drops in, says, hey, guys, if we're unable to retrieve a lengthy safety, what do you think about Eccles as a backup to Reed and Sauce and pushing Bryce to safety? So we kind of just talked about that. Greenbean, yeah. I know you haven't seen Hall as a safety, so I guess I'll throw this one over to Matt. How would you feel if uh, Bryce Hall moved to safety? Um, I don't know. I think uh, kind of like what Greenbean said earlier, I think he's too good of a corner to move um, and try to change positions with him and play with him. I think he's um, going to be someone who, if there's an injury, he'll come in, he'll rotate in, he'll get his reps, but I don't think he moves and plays safety. Jake drops in, says 680 people in here and 300 likes. Drop a like like it's hot. 
Boys and girls, hit that like button right now for every 25 likes we get. We're going to pick a qualifier for our t-shirt giveaway. Green Bean, I'm going to put you in charge of yeah, doing the, okay. the command to get us up to Thank that. God. For those of you that would like to get in on this t-shirt giveaway, hit that like button. And we have some new merch. We got the sauce merchandise. I got to come up with some other ones. We got big apple sauce. We got wide receiver covered in sauce. And then we got a, a sauce can that goes splat. So if you guys want to get in on that free t-shirt at the end of this stream, or if you want to get in on the limited edition merch drop, jetstalk.com, get yourself a shirt. Uh, and it supports the channel, so much appreciated. Uh, let's see who else we got in here. We got Josh McMinn says, Ryan loves IPAs, LOL. Why do you guys feel Jermaine Johnson dropped? Worried about his age at all? Any comparable NFL running backs to Brees Hall? Thanks, guys. So, Josh, yes, I do love IPAs. I'm having myself a very tasty victory sour monkey uh, because the Jets won the draft. This is the victory beer right now. Uh, really good, super sour, got me coughing a little bit. 9.5% alcohol, so I feel like I've had, like, four beers <laughs> right now. Um, so, yes, I do love IPAs. Why do I think Jermaine Johnson dropped? I think the rest of the NFL is just full of dummies. They're overlooking the fact that this guy has the why are you doing it. Like, that. Like when you ask a player, why are you playing right now? And he realized, hey, look, I don't have... I had the academic ineligibility coming out of high school. I had to go to a JUCO school. I was on last chance you i went to to the sec i made it into there they trusted me enough from a juco school to go to a premier program in georgia i could have been a national champion national champion i decided to go to the acc in fsu to go show you my playing time show you what i can do on tape and all he did was make one of the best guard tackles in the draft this year say he was the best edge rusher he's ever gone against uh and comparable running backs in the NFL to Brees Hall. I've seen a lot of comparisons to Jonathan Taylor of the Indianapolis Colts. And if the Jets get that type of running back, I'm 100% on board. And the Jets have a really strong chance of potentially making the playoffs if that's the type of player we are getting. Matt, your thoughts on why Jermaine Johnson dropped and comparable running backs to Brees Hall? Um, Comparable running backs to Brees Hall. I'm going to go Walter Payton. Or if not Walter Payton, wow. maybe. Uh, <laughs> Holy shit! Gonna Barry go, maybe, Sanders. I was gonna know, say Jim Brown. Yeah, somewhere in that like Curtis Martin to Walter Payton threshold, somewhere in there. Uh no. Um, how about? Okay, Jermaine Johnson dropping. Uh, I'm not super worried about it. I thought he was someone who should be like around pick ten. Um but he goes later than that. I'm not super worried. I think he'll be fine as a starter. Um, do I think he's going to be a defensive rookie of the year candidate? Probably not, but I think he'll be like a steady kind of player. And as for a Brees Hall comparison, Dalvin Cook's one that I see a few times, but like Ooh. if the Jets get someone of Dalvin Cook's caliber, I'd be more than thrilled. Oh, 100%. Stanley Specter drops in says, is there anyone worse than Tony Pauline? He is loud and stupid, which is a bad combination. Hope Mims and Beckton play to their ability. Then we can highlight the stupidity of the clown media. Dude, that's the reason why a lot of us started our channels. It's because we were sick and tired of the narratives mm -hmm. that ESPN was pushing and that 
you know, all these other people were pushing and the ability to kind of sit back and watch your team from a, you know, a passionate standpoint, but also from like a, a realistic standpoint. I feel like a lot of the Jet content creators are are very realistic in their thoughts and goals for the team. Uh, and Tony Pauline, aside from calling the Adam, I think it was Adam Gase getting fired, he really hasn't been too on point. Now, look, I'll be honest, he gives us some stuff to talk about at times because he's a, a popular figure. But yeah, I'm not uh, not losing any sleep over this. And if Mims and Becton can play to their ability, I expect Becton to play well. Mims, anything we get out of him is sauce, otherwise known as gravy, because I would love to see Denzel Mims take over for Corey Davis in the near yep. future. He's going to. He's going to. Just know I this. Hope so. I hope yep. you're right. I got really you. do. Yeah, I am. But I, I'm Charles. with you guys. Don't worry. Charles drops and says, in my opinion, the Jets will be better on offense than defense this year. However, I think they will be improved on defense as well. Well, it's not too hard to improve on 32nd overall. And I do think the Jets <laughs> offense is drastically better with a second year quarterback. And then the, the ability to really like call the offense you want to call and all that sort of stuff. But I do think the Jets will be on offense or will be better on offense than they are on defense. But if we can control a little bit of the turnover situation and stop teams from just scoring so many points. Look, honestly, I just don't want to see a blowout. I want to be in every game. If we lose and we wind up going six and whatever, seven and whatever, but we're in close games and we lose things because of rookie mistakes, I'm quite all right with that. AbLab drops and says, every year there are two teams in the league, uh, two teams league-wide who were great, who take steps back, and two were, two were who, oof, Two, who were trash? Who turns it around? Wow, that hurt. Uh, how do you think that will be this year? That is a great thing to bring up because you see it every year. There's a team that you don't expect and they flip the script and all of a sudden they're in the playoffs or all of a sudden they're, they're playing way better. I feel like the Browns flipped it around real quick. Um, I mean, you, you could go across the league here. The Seattle Seahawks, we were expecting that pick to be in the mid to late 20s. It was a top 10 pick. No one expected that. Injuries happen. Things go sideways. So are there teams that I expect to take a step back? Uh, I don't know. I, I, I do. I'm hoping it's New England, <laughs> personally. And I hope it's the Jets that step up. Matt, any teams you're kind of looking at and thinking, hey, that team's going to take a step back this year? I have two regression candidates. Um, the first is the Arizona Cardinals, because I feel like they have a Ooh, ton of turmoil there. Um, and they looked really bad in the second half of the year last year. Mm -hmm. uh, number two is the Tennessee Titans. Um, I don't understand their plan. I know they traded away A.J. Brown, and then they drafted Malik Willis later, but they feel like... They're going to be stuck in no man's land, I feel like, this year. I think the Colts are the better team. I think the Colts win that division. Um, but I think both those teams that I just listed take a little bit of a step back. Uh, Will Jack drops in, says, Character looking really impressed. Say, whoa. Uh, I'm not entirely sure what that means. But if you're saying the character of this team looks really good, I would completely agree. I think we have a very strong locker room. I think... We are in a position where our top players should influence the rest of our roster and you want them to emulate what the GM and the head coach deem as the necessary traits 
to be a New York Jet. And I think these guys want to win. Like, the way Sauce Gardner talks, and he says, look, I don't care about same old Jets. Get rid of that. Like, I'm coming in here because we're going to win games. Like, this is what's going to happen. So, Greenman, I want to talk to you. What do you think about the character of this team? Oh, yeah. Isn't that the best thing in the world? Like, did you... uh well, all right, all right. So the thing is with what the Jets are doing, man, like you, it, it starts at the top, right? Like I made a little comparison video between the Giants draft call to uh, Kayvon Thibodeau and our draft calls. And you can see the energy in the Giants room. They're like very like, hey, how you doing to uh, Kayvon? And, uh, you know, uh, uh, Dable goes fired up like that, like fired up man and then you see ours not just because they're yelling in the phone but there's an excitement there's a camaraderie they're high-fiving and hugging and there's like a boisterous uh energy in there and then you look at the guys they brought in they still brought in a bunch of team captains like so there's that thing you know and and they're bringing in that hard work ethic again the the best example of the actual team is last year if jamal adams and tremaine johnson and daryl roberts and Kalecio Semele and all those guys were on that team last year with all the bullshit that they went through. There's tumultuous mayhem all over the place. Like, look at Todd Bowles. He lost the locker room twice. His quarterback got his jaw broken in the locker room. Uh, 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 Sheldon Richardson had to be traded. Brandon Marshall had to be cut. He lost the locker room because of the types of players that he had in there. Last year, with everything we went through, there wasn't a peep. They just went back to work and they ground it down every single day and kept improving, kept improving. I think the character on this team is what is going to put us over the hurdle. Like you need talent. You need all that stuff. We got talented guys, but it's their character and their team attitude. Look at uh, Sauce Gardner. And you guys know I wasn't even a fan of, of drafting him. What did he say on the stage? What can they expect from you? They're getting a great teammate. I'm going to be the best teammate I can be. That's what he said. That was the first thing he said. I want to be a great teammate. Not like, oh, man, I'm going to fucking get it done in New York. You know, he didn't do all that. It wasn't me, 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 me. I want to be a teammate. And that's that's Bryce Hall. That's Michael Carter. That's Elijah Moore. That's what we have. And that's what's going to change everything around here. man. Ablab drops in and says, Brees Hall moves like Gale Sayers. No cap. <laughs> we're right there with you uh -huh. d jones has a great recommendation Brees should wear 33 so we can call him Brees with a 33 for the two e's Ooh, i yeah. love it i'm gonna run with that one because i have a oh i had a jamal adams jersey i think i actually donated it and hopefully whoever wound up getting it just burnt it because that guy friggin sucks um edward ziff says have you seen pics of mims and beckton I have not. Are there picks going around of Mims and Becton? Are they like uh, working out or what's going on with them? I don't know anything about what's going on with them. Um, I haven't, but from the offseason, they both have seemed. Yeah. Mims looks like he's in great shape, and I think Becton has too from the Mayweather stuff I've seen. I love it. Sneakers to boots, brother. What's good, dude? Nice to have you. He says, who knows? Maybe Becton was a gaze pick. I would be super pissed off if Becton was a gaze pick, considering our GM is like an offensive line aficionado. <laughs> I'd be yeah, really, really no. upset. I don't think that's the case. From my understanding is Becton no. was the pick they wanted 
prior to the draft. This was before anything happened from, from the people I know and trust. They wanted Becton. So I, they got their number one tackle. It's just a matter of can he put it together and stay healthy. Um, Mr. Luda Krishna drops in with a $5 super chat. Thank you, dude. Much appreciated. Uh, Brian says, Running back Hall reminds me of Davis from the 97-98 Broncos. Um, and I'm drawing a blank on Terrell Davis's name? Yeah. That's right yeah. there. Wow. Yeah. Jesus you got it. Christ. You it's got been it. way too long. I was like, I'm pretty sure that's what a that while. is. Yeah, I almost said Clinton Portis, but I was like, nope, that's the next <laughs> one. <laughs> Yeah. Clinton Portis was the one that was traded for, uh, oh, who was the cornerback that went over there? Champ Bailey. Oh, there it is, Champ Bailey. That was a crazy trade. I remember being a kid watching that. Uh, oh, yeah, Henry, I remember that trade. Right? Crazy stuff. Crazy stuff. Dude, if Hall can play that good, we're going to be right to the top of the AFC East. Thomas says the defensive line, especially edge, will be overpowering. JJ and the fourth-round guy are awesome. Even without Lawson, we have a top-five line. I think our defensive tackles in Quinnen Williams, Sheldon Rankins, John Franklin Myers is definitely really good. We have a healthy rotation there. Edge rush-wise, I do think we're deep. I think you got Vinny Curry, Carl Lawson, the guys we hope to have last year. With the addition of Jermaine Johnson, the addition of Michael Carson, uh, Michael Clemens, and when you watch Michael Clemens, I, I think he was given, what, an early second round, mid-second round grade, I think, is is where that was sort of thought of. Or maybe it was the third round. It was like a grade higher than where we got him. Um, and the guy's got speed moves. And when he puts the speed on and he puts his foot in the ground and does the spin move, tackles don't know what to do. They don't move fast enough to handle that spin move. And then he has this bull rush that throws guys backwards and then he rips their hands down and then he can get off the block and move in towards the quarterback. This guy's a hidden gem. I'm not saying he's going to be a top sack artist or anything like that, but if he can provide the pressure and the, uh, the, if he can provide the pressure, just like, uh, Bryce Huff, Bryce Huff, Bryce Huff. We have too many Bryces and Breeces and I, that's right, right? It's Bryce Got Huff. It. Jesus. Bryce Huff. It's like when you look at a word and you don't know if you're spelling it correctly. <laughs> it doesn't look right. Roads. Yeah, that's what it's that's what I'm feeling like right now. Matt, how you feeling about this defensive line? Uh they are deep and they are gonna rotate them like crazy. Um which is kind of why, like, I don't know. I guess I'm tempering my expectations for Jermaine Johnson because I don't think he's gonna play like 90% of snaps or anything like crazy numbers where he's going to put up this monster double digit sack season in year one. I think these got, like I said, I think they're going to rotate him around. Um, but as, as he said, they're going to get these guys in. Um, who's the guy they signed from um, Houston? A. No, 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 not an A. Uh, Martin, Martin, uh, Jacob Martin. Martin. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Martin, an A. Uh, Solomon Thomas, like they have Vinny Curry's back. Yeah, you just ran (laughs) through the whole bunch. Like, there's so many guys. They're gonna they're gonna be deep. It's gonna be good. Uh, We got Daniel Vargas Gonzalez says, "Did you guys check out that video on Twitter from the guy with Pro Football Focus saying our draft was bad? He really said we should have drafted Malik. How do you guys or how do guys like these get paid?" This is just like our beat reporters. They get paid based on your engagement, 
based on your clicks. So if you don't engage and you don't retweet and you don't say, oh, that's bullshit, they are not doing their job. They want you to drive the engagement of their uh, of their platform. And obviously, the same thing as YouTube. We're here for clicks. We're here for engagement. We're here for all that. But we try to provide a little bit of more stable insight uh, on that sort of thing. Uh, so yeah, I completely disagree. You could not... If you drafted Malik Willis, I'd be punching like... I, I'd go, I don't even know what I would do. I'd be very, very upset. Would not be fun. Um, but yeah, not not good. Don't don't take any cred, uh, don't take any stock in what these guys say. Jake says, I just got yelled at asking what I'm doing down in the basement on a Tuesday. I'm watching the same a-holes I had on the TV all weekend. Draft don't end this. Oh yeah, baby. <laughs> There's Jake, dude. That's just it. My wife is like, oh, it's, she she knows Tuesday. She'll hang out in the chat and she'll be like, you know, a ghost in the chat. She'll be one of the, the concurrent viewers that are not posting in there. But she'll hang out in the chat. But she's she's figured it out where it's like, you know what? I really like Green Bean. I really like Matt. And she's only met you guys. Well, I guess she's met Green Bean twice. She's met Matt once. Yeah, but like legitimately feels like she's known you guys forever. Like when we sat down for uh breakfast, brunch, lunch, whatever with green bean out in Arizona, Becca, after we left, she was like, that was not awkward at all. Like when you expect to meet yeah. like some random stranger, I shouldn't say a random stranger, but like when you meet some guy out on the road, he's traveling in some RV and you know, who is this guy? She's like, it felt like I've known him forever. And it was genuinely yeah, really exciting. For those of you guys that don't know, Matt Greenbean and I have only met each other in person together one time. <laughs> that was the home opener last year. This friendship was totally built online. So when you guys are watching us in the chat, mm -hmm. like the friendship we have with you guys in the chat and the friendship we have with each other, like this is purely genuine. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. So Greenbean, what do you think about Jake here saying he's hanging out with the same assholes he was hanging out with all weekend long? Yeah, that's see now listen to me. That's a term of endearment from me. Like that's mm -hmm. that makes a whole bunch of sense. My wife, it took my wife like five years to realize that when I called her names and shit, it went as positive. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like when we when I hang out with my friend, hey motherfucker, like that's how it is. You know, so mm -hmm. I like it. Hanging out with the same assholes I had on T that's that sounds good to me. I'm just glad the same assholes are in here with us. <laughs> yeah. Matt, how you feeling about <laughs> hanging out with the same assholes you hung out with for like 24 hours in the last like weekend i wouldn't have it any uh, i wouldn't have it any other way number one and i'm with green bean like i don't know i if i call you like yeah my bunch of bozo friends like that's that's a term of endearment <laughs> you know i love right. it jake thank you so much for hanging out with us uh kishan boom thank you for the two dollar super chat much appreciated uh Kamal jumps in and says, loved the draft. The Jets' offense will be fast, potentially uh, potent and deadly. West Coast offense, 49er style. Jets going to surprise the league. When was the last time the Jets had this? Let's fucking go. So that's just it. There's The Jets had the really good draft. So the league is almost on notice. Like, okay, look, this is a young and up-and-coming team. But look, we're going to get towards the beginning of the season. You're going to start hearing the same old Jets narratives. Things are going to happen. People are going to be upset about certain things. Our beat reporters are going to be saying certain shit about the team. And you know what's going to happen? We're going to have that game like the Cincinnati Bengals, like the Titans. And we're going to come out and we're going to punch someone in the fucking mouth. And I cannot wait for it to happen. 
Matt, what do you think happens? And do you think Jet fans or do you think other teams playing us are going to be surprised about what the New York Jets are going to be this year? Yeah, well, I mean, earlier on this show, I said they're going to be the team that just no, nobody wants to play. And like I said, their win-loss record might not look like that at the end of the year, but I think they'll be competitive. I think they'll be in every game. I think they'll be annoying. They're good. They'll be good on offense. And uh, I think they'll get after the quarterback a little bit on defense. And yeah, if your offensive line holds up, you'll probably be able to you know, get the ball down the field a little bit against uh, the safeties and the linebackers and stuff like that. But um, like I said, I think they will be a pain in the ass kind of thing. Uh, Mr. Boone drops in, says, how close are we to doing what the Bengals did last year? What's one more position you should address, we should address? Do you like any undrafted free agents? I haven't done enough research into the undrafted free agents. I did like the centers, but I think they're all snatched up at this point. Um, could we do what the Bengals did last year? Look, it's entirely possible. The NFL is such a flip-flopping kind of league. One year after the next, you could go from worst to first very, very quickly. Um, it's all going to hinge on what happens with Zach Wilson. If Zach Wilson takes that step, the Jets are going to be taking a step in the right direction. Charles Gorman drops in says, Ryan, my favorite pick of this year's draft other than Gardner was Brees Hall. In my opinion, Brees reminds me of Jonathan Taylor a lot. I completely agree with that. I would say Sauce I was super excited about because that was the player I like really pounded the table for like all offseason. And then I would say... I, look, I'm excited for Wilson. I really loved the Jermaine Johnson pick. Like that was probably the most exciting thing that happened was the trade up and the picking of a player that you really want. But when I'm looking at this entire draft objectively and I'm saying, okay, which player has the most important impact on this team and will have the best impact on this team? Brees Hall might be offensive rookie of the year and he is going to open up this offense the way we could have never imagined. If he stays healthy and we have Michael Carter and Tevin Coleman back there, we're going to have guys that can catch out of the backfield, guys that are fast, and guys that are going to help us in the play-action game a whole heck of a lot. Greenbean, want to hear from you. What was your favorite pick this year? I have to agree. It was Jermaine Johnson, not only because it was an exciting, uh, legitimate steal. Like when we talk about a steal, that was a steal. Getting Jermaine Johnson at 26 is an absolute steal. But not only because of that and the fact that it was a trade-up, which is exciting, um, it's because the first two picks had me frazzled. As much as I believe in the talent of the players, if you go back to that stream, just keep an eye on me and Matt. We that we're For a long time, we were just like scratching our... Like, wait, what? What happened? How did we not get an edge rusher and two picks in the yeah. first? How did this happen? So when we finally did it and seeing Karloftis and Jermaine Johnson slip, 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 it was like, can they really make it to 35? Like, it just seemed like such a snowball's chance in hell. So we went up and got it, and that was probably the most exciting moment. I got to say, a close number two was watching the Patriots take Cole Strange. <laughs> Uh, in the first round. <laughs> if you guys haven't watched the draft stream, go back and watch the first round draft stream. Click on the pinned comment. You'll see all the timestamps that people kind of plugged for things that happened. And when Matt and Greenbean see the Cole Strange pick, and like, I don't know what's going on. They're a little bit ahead of me. It was a wow moment. It was, it, it was interesting. Shocked. Matt, we, Matt, we couldn't hide it. Dude, no, it, we couldn't like, hide it. It was like, whoa. And yeah. then Matt goes, Ryan, you're going to shit yourself. I was like, okay, let's see what's, who could they possibly pick? And I was like, oh my God. 
<laughs> yeah. Cole Strange. Gotta be kidding me. Matt, who was your favorite pick this past year? Um, Man, that's a really tough question. I'm going to say the feel-good story, Jeremy Ruckert, because of all the videos that came out after the <sighs> fact. I love him and his dad, too. But, like, yeah. I, I've said this a million times since Saturday or Friday, whenever the hell he was picked. Like, every Jets fan from Long Island lived that. And just not even from Long Island, but like it's just so relatable. Yeah. Like I, I want this guy to be good so badly because that would be like a Hollywood story. Dude, he's our Wayne Corbett. He's the guy, the local Ooh. kid that I was playing in the backyard. I'm, I'm Wayne Corbett. I'm toe tapping. I'm like loving this. That, that is what Jeremy Ruckert is. I would consider getting a Jeremy Ruckert jersey just because of everything he means to Jet fans. Kings in Dreams says, "Jet up, you guys are lit." With the, with the knuckles and then the, the all the other emojis. I love it, dude. Thank you. Thank you very much for hanging out with us. John Harrington says, is it possible rookie of the year, defensive rookie of the year, or offensive rookie of the year on our team right now? I say yes. I think it's entirely possible. I think Brees Hall could win rookie of the year. Now, does rookie of the year also get the offensive or defensive rookie of the year honors for being on whatever side of the ball they are? Is that a thing? Like, because if if well, Brees Hall wins I, Rookie of the Year, he, in my mind, I don't should think win there, Offensive Rookie of the Year. I don't think there is a Rookie of the exist. Year. It's offensive. Yeah. It's offensive, offensive and defense. defense. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I, th so I think Brees so. is going to win. Yeah. Brees will get Offensive Rookie of the Year, Defensive Rookie of the Year. I would love Michael it Clemens. to be Sauce. Oh <laughs> yeah, yeah, out of left field, right? I think oh, Sauce has too. an opportunity playing in this market with the edge rush potential we have maybe he has a shot but you gotta think the guys like hutch and walker and thibodeau the edge rushers probably have the uh the lead in that thought process matt what do you think you think it's possible we get offensive and defensive rookie of the year uh, both like uh, that's let's let's try to pump the brakes for half a sec um i think that the Jets have a better shot for offensive rookie of the year because the quarterback class wasn't very good. Um, and they might not like Kenny Pickett's the only one who has a chance at starting. And I think everyone else is sitting. Um, so I think you have a better shot there defense. It's almost always an edge rusher. And I don't think Jermaine Johnson's going to have the season that it's going to take to win that. I think you're much more likely to see the Hutchinson's or even Honestly, I hate to say it because he's a giant, but I think Kayvon Thibodeau has a better shot to to win it uh, than Jermaine Johnson. In your I completely agree, and that's more so because I think the NFC East is trash. That's um, yeah. Like that's that plays it. a that plays a factor in. I think he plays an elite position in a highly marketable team, and he's got a pretty good line with him. I mean, you got to think he's got yeah. Leonard Williams. And he's got their uh, the second round pick from last year from the Giants. Uh, the hell, am I losing his name for? Uh, oh, um, I think it's uh, I almost said Ojabo, a? but it's something like it's, that. Yes, it's like somewhere somewhere along those lines. The chat will let oh, us. Oh, Jalari was it? Oh, yeah, Jilari, thank you. There yes, it is. yes, yeah, yeah. Grimmy, what okay. do you think? You think we got enough shot to get defensive and offensive rookie of the year this year? Yeah, I say why not? Yeah, I think it's definitely. Uh, possible, you know, when you look at the defensive rookies that came out, I mean, there's a few, like you said, Kayvon Thibodeau, 
Uh, who knows Stingley? I mean, the the number one overall pick. Maybe he comes out of the gate. He's got Josh Allen on the other side. Uh, so maybe he lights it up. Uh, I think Aiden Hutchinson's another uh, candidate. But, uh, yeah, I think Sauce and Jermaine Johnson uh, have just as much possibility as any of those guys. How great would that be if we got both? Like, seriously, uh, I know we're we're in this. I know we're in outer space right now. I get it. But just to what would you do if you won the lottery kind of shit? How great would that be if we got offensive and it was Brees Hall in the second who we traded up for and it was like Jermaine Johnson who we traded up for? How great would that be? Oh, my God. Dude, we would have the single greatest free agent class coming in here next year because everyone's going to be stoked on Zach Wilson. They're going to be stoked on the offensive and defensive rookies of the year. It's absolutely wild. The Jets are going in the right direction. Guys, we have hit the end of our streams. Make sure you hit that like button. Greenbean, how mm. many qualifiers do you have down there? Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six. Is that enough? All right. Keep, do a no, let's, more keep, let's keep firing some more. Let's try to get up to... All right, sorry. We got to get to 16. We gotta get 16? 16. Yeah, Holy we shit. got over 400 likes. So we, let, let's do that for the chat. Oh, okay. All right. All right. I was trying to space it out, and then I spaced... Out. That's all right. Just rip through. Some but you know what it is? I keep winning. That's the third time I won tonight. <laughs> oh, no. Guys, if you want to get your shot and get one of these shirts down here, it's a limited time drop. If you don't win, you can head over to JetsTalk.com, get yourself some new swag. Otherwise, you might have an opportunity to get a big apple sauce, a wide receiver covered in sauce, or just a sauce gardener shirt in general. Yeah, these are fun. It's a lot of These fun, are fun really, shirts, guys. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. I got to come up with a few more. I got to I got to come up with something for like Johnson and Wilson and Brees and oh, my mental. I hope Brees does thirty three because then you could do like the B R yep. with the thirty three as the E's. That's what I'm yep. hoping for. I really like that one a lot. For those of you guys that don't know in the chat, I was telling Matt and Greenbean this: the wide receiver covered in sauce shirt that i have on the site i made that months ago i'll sh i could show you the timestamp of when i sent that out <laughs> and it's like Crazy. like early it, it was either early march no it could have been early march middle you of see February? matt that's why he wanted them that's it yeah he you know, wanted I, that merch I wanted, plug i wanted sauce mm -hmm. and it had the opportunity for a merch plug and what's cool yeah, is sure. if we didn't take him and he wound up going, mm -hmm. say, seven to the Giants, I was going to send that to the entertainer and I was going to say, hey, sorry, dude, like, didn't work out for me. Here's a free uh, shirt idea. You could have a wide receiver one covered in sriracha sauce. Smart. I get excited for that sort of stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, guys, if you keep liking the stream, I keep picking people, so. Ooh, see? There you go. There you go. Get up Smack to 500, like we get another one. Yeah, like that, Ooh. like that, like button. I love Somebody's going to win. These shirts are good, man. This is not some bullshit. You know, you're getting like, uh, you know, a Bud Light, you know, a little Bud Light on the side of a Jets logo thing. You know, this is real yeah. good stuff. Yeah, it's not the free giveaway at the stadium. With yeah, the, like, like, it's, it's right. the, the, like this. The, Where is it? M&T, can you guys see it? Where is M &T it? M&T yeah. Bank. What's the, what's the other one that we got? The Welcome Home with like, was it yeah. Bud yeah, Light on it? It was yeah, Bud Light. I'm in around here. Yeah. yeah, look, it's Bud Light. You see, I see it? I don't know if you can see it. My mic's Ooh, in. I should, I should throw a Jets Talk logo on the back, and I can be like Bud Light. Nah, yeah, this, why is, not? this is this is straight, like, 
you know. Yeah, Bud Light. Nice there it is. And I try to pick nice shirts too. I try to pick nice shirts for that stuff to come on. Yeah, I had to change uh, from you know the there's a couple brands you could use on YouTube, and I had one. Yeah. And I had like like no exaggeration, five or six people write to me and say my shirt fucking faded in the first wash. And oh, then shit. I had some of yeah, so I had to switch over, and now it's a brand that YouTube doesn't work with, so I can't have it on the little plat, you know, little shelf. Yeah, sucks. dude, I, it sucks because like I went so all the stuff on JetsTalk.com is through Shopify. It's a, an entirely different platform. I pay for that service to like to use all the you know the credentials and everything like that. Um, the the shelf that YouTube allows is main. I think there's two options. I think it's Teespring. Yeah, I, two. There's 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 one Teespring other option. Teespring gang. Yeah, I, I like Teespring, and I ha I've literally made a copy of my store with the Teespring store. I don't know those shirts quality as well as I know like the Shopify stuff. Um, but I've bought, I bought Matt shirt. Matt shirt's really nice. The, the boycott the beat. Yeah, there you go. Oh yeah. Where that's asleep. It's great. Nice. Great. Shirt. Jeremy's given a couple of the, if you guys don't know, yeah. uh, I'm not next week. We're starting the after hours jets fest again. Now that, um, dude, Nightbot is picking the same four people over. <laughs> And over Here, and over. I'll start. Fuck you, Nightbot. Yeah, I'll but start listen, not just. Lender. Yeah, we're, we're we're almost done. Uh, Jake Asman, I think. Uh, Kev Chada again, dude. That's the third time he won. Um. So, but uh, after this stream, I'm not starting the After Hours Jets Fest till next week. So, um, this week, Jeremy just pe Jeremy at NFL Chaos with Jeremy is over there. Uh, he just passed 500 subs, so he's giving away, I think, two of Matt's Boycott the Beat shirt. So you can go over there to Jeremy's and after this, and you can win a Matt shirt. Boycott yes. the Beat. He's a he's a real one, that Jeremy Corvette. He is. Dude, man. we he's had him on our day three stream. If you guys want to check it out, you can head over to day three of the NFL draft, and we have it uh, timestamped for when Jeremy hopped on with us. We also had Joe Blewett on that day. I think the day before we had Ali and Jets, uh, Richie from Jets Media on. We had a whole bunch of people on. It was nice. Yeah, it was great, man. All right, Jets this is the today. last one. Jets today. Oh, yeah. John was on for us for the, I think, both picks at the top of the fourth round. Yes. Yes, he was. We had uh, a, a very game. vibrant, a very boisterous boy green. Oh, yeah. He was at the top of the I wish you would. <laughs> I wish you'd be a little bit more talkative. He's a little too reserved. I know. Me. I know. He's boring. <laughs> <laughs> he had he was a colorful individual he, he was a fun one to have on uh yeah no all we're, right we're excited about this where are we at green bean how many how many uh la la last one we got? last one if it doesn't give me a repeat let me see here this is the last one what's up kyle oifer uh, rich rise says and with and with the something fifth pick in the 2022 nfl draft live stream the Jets talk 24 seven select rich rise fan to win a shirt. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> a qualifier, like that. Right. All right. I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready. All right. Here we go. I... Let's do our, uh, Rochambeau. Oh, no, it's not Rochambeau. It's the, uh, odds are even. Sorry. Yeah. yeah Have you yeah. guys ever done rock, paper, scissor, lizard, Spock shoot? No. What the hell is that? Oh my God. So, uh, there's an activity that involves, uh, I don't know how to say this without getting in trouble. <laughs> uh, where you have to take the first of something 
and everyone normally wants it, and you do rock, paper, scissors, but we decided to add it into Lizard and Spock. So Lizard eats paper and poisons Spock. Spock disproves paper and no, vaporizes no. rock. Oh, dude, it was so much fun. I'm sorry, I don't want to confuse gonna, you guys. Yeah, let me <laughs> just say that. That's, Let's do the odds or even. That's I, for I, I, people. If you're an iPhone person, that's not for you. If you're an Android person, <laughs> yes! talk about that's, fucking I'm Spock. I'm the only Thank asshole you, with the fucking Android Thank in this group <laughs> chat right now. That was the best take that Green Bean's ever had. Oh, He's right. had many I'm, great takes. I'm the green text message because I like being the green text message, you goddamn giant fans. You and oh, it's terrible. iPhones and yeah. shit. Oh, sorry. Get me that's fired funny. up on a Tuesday. <laughs> All right. Let's do some odds or evens. All right, I'm in. Let's do it. Three, two, one. <laughs> it's an odd. <laughs> odd, okay. Strickland, you're gone. George Gillen, you're gone. Uh, Brandon's Brent? making fun of me. He says, with your Burger King fries and your Android. Sorry. Well, well Brandon like McNeely's having... gone. Oh, yeah, you jerk. <laughs> oh, I had him twice, too. Nick Peoples, you're Ooh. gone. And Bethancourt, you're gone. All right, let's do it. Three, two, one. Read between the lines, mother truckers. What is that, five, six? We got six. That's an even. All right, evens. Dan, New York, see you later. J.E., you're gone. Uh, Sean Bennett's gone. All right, let's go. I'm ready. Three, two, one. Eight. We got evens. Alexander's gone. Oh, and, no. and Romeo Dread, you're gone. How many All more right, we we're got? Down two. Oh, we got two. Uh, next number in the chat, plus whatever we throw up, is what we get. Three, two, one. Tell you, six, it's between seven, Kev Chata and, and Nick H. We got an even number. Six plus whatever we had up, that's an even number. All right, there he goes. Kev Chata, you won, buddy. There it is. Congratulations, Kev Chata. There you go. He's still in there, Colin. Look at him go. Yeah, Yeah, he's in there. He's still in there. I'm pretty pretty sure Kev, I got to look back at it, but I think Kev won recently. He's a great dude. We've had most of these guys. There's like 538 people in the chat that I would consider great dudes. Ah. Yeah. And a couple ladies. And a couple ladies in there, too. Yeah, we got, we got, according to my YouTube analytics, we've got point. 3% 3% ladies in the uh, in the Jets talk sphere right now. So thank you. How much? Five? It's it's like 0.3% lady. It's like really little. Yeah. It's, it's uh, like I was up to... I, I made it to 1%. Yeah, I, I think I'm like... Yeah, I think I'm right around 1% also. Because I, I know at one point I was around 97% male. Uh, so maybe it's 3%. I don't think it is. I think maybe Becca just made a bunch of accounts. <laughs> It yeah, just probably. follows me. Yeah. Too. Oh yeah, you're fine. Like, oh, we like this. Well, I gotta get to twenty thousand subscribers. It's like, okay, make a zillion accounts. Whatever. Yeah. Ugh. Hey man, I have six YouTube accounts, so why not? I got three. Good two, stuff. I have six. I yeah. got three. I got three total. Um, my proposal is actually on one of my YouTube channels. Believe it or not, I did a a drone proposal to Becca at one of the golf courses. Came out really cool. Super touching. Hey, but so I'm not tell, telling... tell. I'm sorry. Go on. No, go, go on. on. I'm sorry. I'm not telling anyone where it's at. You're going to have to figure it out. You could comment uh, on it, and then I would know <laughs> if you're from here. 
Uh, so Kev Chata is asking what he won, like he's just got here. Um, Kev what? Chata, you, you win a T-shirt, and you've got to contact Ryan. You look, his email is in the description of every video that he makes. You can see that and <laughs> pick the shirt you want. <laughs> right, I found it in like five seconds. Oh, well, there it is. <laughs> you can leave a comment. If you want to see how I propose to Becca, it's on a separate YouTube channel. <laughs> that is my personal channel. So it's it's out there. Oh, let me see. Where is it? Oh, I gotta find it. It's on that. the internet. It's on the internet. You'll you'll figure it out. I'm pretty sure if you just type in my name, it probably pops up. I did. I Ryan Delaney proposal was the third video. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Oh, I love whatever. it. Whatever. All right, boys and girls, it's been a lot of fun hanging out with you guys. It's been a lot of fun. I thoroughly enjoy this every Tuesday. We'll be back talking to you guys pretty soon. Uh, Greenbean, any thoughts for our panel tonight? There he is. I just found it. Um, okay. <laughs> yeah, I got some thoughts. Uh, hey, look, guys, this is awesome because we uh, – I got to put somebody in timeout for spamming. Uh, we yeah. Look, we planned for months and months and months. We argued. We discussed. We, we, we bickered, and we got through it. It all came to a head, and guess what? It was a slam dunk. Not a, maybe not every play or every position we wanted. I can relate, but we did it, man. We have we have a good organization, and we should all feel pretty happy. We got rookie mini camp coming up. I think it said the thirteenth or something like that. So lots more to do. But be relieved, Jets fans. Be relieved that I will see you at on Thursday night on my channel for the Thursday thick of it. Matt, any last words for our panel? It's an absolute blast hanging out with you guys as always. I can't wait to watch these rookies on the field and stay tuned for something exciting this week from me. Oh, I can't wait. Oh, speaking of something exciting, I don't know if you guys have checked out Richie's hype video for the season, but I loved yeah. it. It was, it was awesome. I wound up oh, yeah. texting him. I told him last night, I was like, I was like, Richie, you told me about the, the hype video while we were streaming. I watched it after my Monday call in show. I was like, I just want you to know I am fully erect right now. <laughs> and he's Hell just yeah. like, that's the expect uh -huh. that's that, that's what I was going for. Boys and girls, it's been a lot of fun hanging out with you guys tonight. This is Jets Talk signing off. J-E-T-S.